Fishing episode 92 coming at you from the Taylor Park, Oak Hill, Florida. We are ready to roll. One shy of a full boat. Mm-hmm. We got Ben Jameson and myself, Larry, down here on the north end of the old oak table. Let's jump right into it, fellas. Both feet first. Feet first, both, or tuck a knee and pull that cannonball oh we call that a jackknife yeah actually yeah. it is a jackknife single knife. these jackknife that's right these cannonball yeah true true um instantaneous fact checking going on here <laughs> it's what we do it's what we Look do that up, jamie um so uh if you could ben uh refer to our notes what what's our first item that we're going to uh opine first item of business was a was a not a road trip but a quick little flight north Yes, we uh, we actually Ben and I, um, with time to spare, we traveled on Allegiant Air and uh, went up to uh, the Holston Valley and stayed there just uh, a little bit outside of Bluff City, uh, over in the shadows of Bristol Motor Speedway's Turn Three, just on the other side of the knob from there, and. Uh, the reason for our visit uh, was uh, a little bit of business, a little bit of pleasure. Um, business side of it, uh, we'll get to um, moving forward. Uh, we're looking at doing a little project, so to speak, um, with the Drake Magazine. So uh, with that being said... Um, we rolled into town, and that project actually involves a 1974 Mercury Marquee. It does. Known uh, throughout the fly fishing world as Clyde. Um, all across the land. All across the land. And uh, Clyde had been recently uh, spending time down in Alabama, and uh, our good friend. Sam uh, helped coordinate getting uh, Clyde up to Chattanooga and Cody and our great friend Kyle uh, met him there and put Clyde on a trailer and drove it through the night up and uh, deposited it uh, there in front of my garage door and uh, hid the key underneath uh, the third rock from the second poplar tree on the east side of the house along the fence row. Perfect. So when we found the key, um, Clyde started up no problem, and uh, we just couldn't resist. We We couldn't. We could not resist. We shot up uh, 421 and uh, swung into the uh, fly box parking lot and uh, said howdy to the boys. And, uh, you know, we didn't arrive until uh, 
the afternoon, so uh, we were just trying to figure out what uh, what we could be up to for that evening and uh, afternoon. So uh, after going to the fly box, I think we basically just kind of went back home and I think so hung out. Um, um, it's a long long day. It sounds like probably nap time. Um, no, you know what? No, Surprisingly, I, think... I didn't do any naps while we were up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, until after Ben left, and then uh, <laughs> and then actually, I don't even know if I did any nap time. Then I was I was just too busy doing chores. I, we did we we might have gotten back and got started right on the truck. Uh, you know what? I think you're right. I think I actually started mowing. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I I took uh, took the mower and started uh, the first cut of. Uh, 2023 around the property and uh, while i was doing that ben was uh taking care of uh the f-250s shift tube assembly was uh shall we say misbehaving that's a word for it and uh I i left ben to it uh because i uh i'm i'm intuitive when it comes to uh should I be involved in a project, uh, step away from the project? Because uh, if you step away, you know, there's more productivity. It reduces the amount of, uh, I don't know, should we call it uh, angst or... Uh, angst might be part of it. Um, I just didn't want to come across as micromanaging. Yeah, he didn't want to hover. I wanted, I wanted to instill confidence not, in, in Ben's work. You're not a helicopter parent, which no, I'm trying not to be. No, he's doing pretty good. Okay. Um, it's not to say I didn't circle back in like the ghetto bird occasionally. Oh yeah, and uh, well, you were on. Turn on the night sun and be like, well, why is that wire still not attached to anything? Did you take a picture like before you started? And like, is that supposed to be hanging like that, or does it belong over here? On the riding yeah. it sounded. Oh, like I, I just got the there. look of do not discuss the minutia of this project. No, no, no. We can get into minutia. There was a lot of fucking shit going on in that truck. Um, Which is why I was like, hey, if you're willing to do it, I'm more than happy to step away and let you do it. I just wanted to know that when I was tooling down the road, carrying my precious cargo, you're also known as the Benfluencer, right. that I wasn't going to crash into a ditch. You know, because we are messing with the, the steering column and the, the, the shift link, the shift linkage, yeah. and tube. You know, so it was a safety concern. That's right. You know, and there, there was a safety lot going third. on where, like, the stem that runs down in the shift tube broke, so you couldn't get it. Just everything flopped. You couldn't get it in gear. Oh, the f- yeah, the old floppy stick. The first time yeah. I took it apart and put it back together. Actually, the first three times. I think the simple solve for this would have been to just leave it as it lie. Well, then it... Cut a hole in the floor. Oh. Drop you in a four-by-four on the floor. <laughs> it it might have felt easier a little bit. The um, <laughs> All in all, that the YouTube. wire that was dangling down was where you put the key in oh, the, that beeps yeah. if you leave it in the ignition. You didn't take out the telltale Ford open door beep, did you? But we didn't know that at the time. We didn't know what all, it we was. all we was knew was that we had an extra part oh. that was not and that didn't have a home. It had a spot that it fit, but it wouldn't stay engaged in said spot. So Google, when you you're trying to find the right keyword to be like, 
what the hell is this? And it it ultimately turned out where like it's got a very brittle plastic piece. Once it breaks, most people just leave it unattached so it quits beeping. Um, which is basically what we did. Um, we finally get it to where it's engaging, but now we can't get the key out of the ignition. It won't dial back that last turn. So ultimately it resulted in three more times of dropping the steering column to make micro adjustments, plus getting under the truck to where the transmission shift linked to the transmission lever to put it in park. And we got to the point where Larry's like, what do you think? I was like, I'm at the point where like everything's working. I'm afraid to adjust it more because it's either going to fix it or it's going to make it way worse. So I think we got a touch bit more dialed. And then ultimately now the truck, you can drives and runs, drives. parks, drives, take the key out. You got to do a little trickery. Yeah, a little English, a little English to get the key out, but that's but, uh, okay. That's that's called anti theft. Exactly. Uh, 100%. <laughs> um, so I don't think this is something that's ever happened to me before. My phone is like completely locked up. You know what doesn't do that is Jameson's iPhone 8. That's right. That's really weird. I can't even get it to shut off. Hold hold it down for 10 seconds. Go. I think it's One, up, two, down, or down, volume down, volume up, and hold down the power and the volume at the same time, and it'll override it. All right, so I'm going to go volume down, which doesn't even bring up the volume. Nope, it won't. Now you I'm going to go volume up. You just press it once. You're, you're doing it. Well, well, here, you do it. <laughs> Thank you. I just need to recycle my phone so I can see the so you, notes. I have a question for you since you were cutting grass the whole time. Uh, yes, yes. For us, you know, Floridians, we don't get that first cut of the season. Uh-huh. It's cutting season all year long down here. Right. How is that feeling? Um, it's... Uh, Cranking up the mower, doing the first cut of the... It, it's very... Um, rewarding um is it going to come you're, back you're on gonna, you're gonna have to hold the give, p- give power, it a couple seconds it's power cycling turn it, turn it okay on. i think i just hold that yeah there we go all right so um it's definitely a sen- it, it, it provides a sense of accomplishment um greater than you know a normal grass cutting experience because i mean you know, let's be honest, you know, when you, especially in a riding lawnmower, when you have a, a, a particularly large lawn that you're, you're cutting, when you're on a rider, you know, you're watching, you know, you're moving at a speed and, and, uh, and a clip and you've got such a large swath, but such a large amount of grass that you're watching the uncut shrink and you're seeing the newly manicured like expanding and by the time you're done when you climb off at the end you're like damn that some bitch looks nice mm-hmm. however in in this case um i was remiss and did not check tire pressures Ooh. on uh the first half acre let's call it that i that i mowed drifting and I had a little bit of a 
a little bit of a. It looked like a bad golf swing where you just took a chunk out of the earth. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't think I'd go that far. Jesus. The, the, the visually, that's what it looked like. No, you, were you dig, didn't see digging, dirt, but you were going for it. Digging dirt on the left hand. No, no, no. Off on the right. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely like you know, clipped. You know, uh, hold on, as as my neighbor Howard would say, or did say, woo. You scalped her down over there, didn't you? <laughs> so, which is what I was like. I was like, you know, I just didn't pay attention to the, you know, tire pressure. And, you know, I took care of that. And then uh, the eastern half of looked really good. looked like chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Like the runway was fucking beautiful. Okay. Um, but I will have to tell you that for as rewarding as that first cut, albeit a little bit, you know, cheeky on the first quarter acre, but then the balance of it being looking really good by the time I was done, one of the last things I did after Ben left was one final cut on Wednesday of the entire property all at one time so that it uniformly... You know, because the first took place over a couple of days. Yeah. Um, And we did get some rain while we were there. So, you know, the grass was really growing. Um, I actually took the mower over and removed the blades. Blade sharpened. And got the blade sharpened over at Howard's. He laid a fucking fine edge on all the blades. Let me guess. He has like a giant stone wheel that spins. At no, 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 okay. no. We just, you know, you just pull the blades off, put them in the, in the vise and, uh, use a grinder and then hit it with like the flapper wheel to like get that final polish, you know, that final edge yeah. to it. And, uh, I did it all, you know, in, in, on Wednesday afternoon and that was the cat's meow. Like it looked like a fucking golf course. You still turn nice. on the cameras and check and look at it uh, in approval. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You know, um, so, you know, the first day, uh, we were doing a little bit of the, uh, choring. the choring around there after we, you know, went peacocking up at the, up, up at the shop, got back and got to it. And, uh, the business side of the business-ish pleasure Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and it was a nice way to, you know, confirm that Clyde was actually running like we had been told that he should and all that good stuff. Um, so, the next morning, um, we went over and, uh, as tradition dictates, mm-hmm. we went to the Bluff City Diner for breakfast. Mm. Um, I will tell you that... Uh, What's your go-to? Uh... You know, I don't know the names of them off the menu, um, but I just had, me personally, I had a couple of eggs scrambled, sausage, because it comes in nice big patties. Mm. Um, it's probably Swaggerty's or something like that. It's nice hot sausage um, with a couple of scrambled eggs and some toast. Uh, no toast. Uh, I got one biscuit, biscuit, and they've got big cat head biscuits there, oh, yeah. and gravy. And their gravy's pretty good. Not the best gravy I've ever had, but pretty good. Um, Ben, I would call what Ben had the hungry man breakfast. It was like two biscuits and gravy, you know, 
thinking, country yeah. ham. Like when he ordered it, I was like, man, maybe there's more work left on that Ford than I was expecting. Uh, he's going for the fucking, the, he's going for the I cholesterol. I thinking that's what I got last time. And she brought it out. I was like, nope. Yeah. And I think what you ordered is probably what I got last time. Yeah. So yeah. you got like the shades of what used to be. Like I got the meat. saltiest ham I've ever had in oh, my that's, life. Oh, that's, yeah, that's country ham, baby. No, I know. but Salt cured. But it was. That's the good stuff. It was saltier than country ham I've had before. Did you finish it? There, I yes, didn't pay attention because if you ever find yourself in a situation up there where you're like, God, that, 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 this this ham is too salty, <laughs> yeah, you just go, hey, I got a piece of your ham, Larry, and just slide it over. There you go. Because like that is like fucking manna the, from heaven. It, it was so good. But they wrote like, about that shit in the Old Testament. Yeah, I read about that this morning at Sunday school. Um, <laughs> the not really, but um, in Boone, there's a place called the Daniel Boone Inn. And for the longest time, right, that has held the record as the saltiest piece of ham I've ever put in my mouth. And I like salted ham. It's good. You just wait till later. The first bite (laughs) at breakfast almost sucked all the moisture out of my mouth. Uh It grabbed it and did not let go. But, like, where, where it tasted really good was if you got a piece of the ham... With the egg, with the biscuit and gravy on it, and as a bite. Oh, yeah. God dang, it was good. Yeah. So it sounds like the breakfast you got was kind of likened to what used to be called the all-star breakfast from the Waffle House or, or like, the mainstay breakfast where it's eggs, ham, bacon, all all the fixings. Oh, yeah. You got the the real deal. Yeah, the real deal, for sure. Because those other ones got skimpy real quick. Right. Um... After breakfast, I think uh, we just basically went back to the to the homestead. I think so. And uh, what's that? Mid morning? No, 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 no. no. I still no nap. No, I still had to jump back on the mower and do more mowing. And that's when I had to drop the steering column for the time five, six, and seven. Yeah, Um, and I think at some point didn't we go looking for Howard? I think. I think yeah, we, went we went to, to the fly box first. No, we didn't go to the fly box until later. Okay. Because did we have lunch before or after no, we No, went we went straight from the breakfast to the fly box. Did we? We did. Okay. And then we came back. You mowed. Oh, that's right. I that's right. the truck. Yes. Then we went looking for Howard. Okay. Um, yeah, because we, we went to the fly box just in the truck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you know, we did a another sh- another quick shift up to the fly box, just check in in the morning, see how things were going. We had to bring Jonathan something. Oh, that's right. So uh, I don't know uh, how many of you guys you know can recall last summer. Um, Jonathan had uh, given my son Wyatt um, a skateboard deck that uh, was done by one of his clients with a trout on it, and it says the fly box. And Wyatt carried that deck all the way up to Alaska to Ketchikan and skated the Ketchikan uh, skate park with that. And then after we got back from Alaska, we had gone to Tennessee 
and Wyatt skated that board set up with Jonathan at the Kingsport Skate Park, which is really a brand new skate park up there. And then once he had done that, he took that deck and uh, back apart and took the setup apart and gave the deck back to Jonathan. So now it's on the wall uh, at the skate at the fly shop. And uh, so Wyatt on this trip sent with Ben and I a deck that we picked up over at Westside Skate Shop with the Redfish on it. It's their Redfish shop deck. And so Wyatt also, uh, since Jonathan and he are skate bros, um, Wyatt went through his sticker collection and found some um, older like Pal Peralta stickers um, and that he had doubles of and sent like a sticker pack to Jonathan in case he wanted to sticker up the deck. So when we got there, Jonathan was, of course, at the shop working. I came in and gave him the sticker pack. So if you could have just seen his face, like it was Christmas morning, uh, just getting the stickers uh, was pretty awesome. So while he was busy, like looking at his stickers and telling Ben, oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. Um, I walked back out to the truck and then came back in with the deck. And that look was money. Um, and over the course of the next couple of days, that deck was like laying on the counter and Jonathan told me, I've gotten more questions and comments about the damn deck than anything else in the fucking shop, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so we dropped off that deck and then pretty much shortly after that, we were like, Hey, we've got chores to do. We'll be back, you know, tomorrow, whatever. But that's also when Jonathan said, hey, what are you guys doing yeah. for dinner tonight? And we're like, eh, no plans. So he said, hey, how about we meet and go to uh, Delta Blues, yeah. which you had not been to Delta I Blues yet. We had tried to get you to Delta Blues once on a past trip, but they mm-hmm. were closed on that particular yeah, evening. Yeah, I think right? or something. So now we had a plan for you know the rest of the afternoon, doing some work, going to dinner. So off we went. <clears throat> on the way home, um, we decided to stop and grab pizza mm-hmm. uh, before we went home. So there's a little, um, I don't know that I want to call it a strip mall, but it's a strip center. It's like a plaza. Kind yeah, of a plaza. Good word, Benjamin. Um, a plaza that contains uh, all the requisite things that you need for, it a, really does. for a good for a good neighborhood plaza to have. Uh, anchoring on one end is a pizza shop. Next door to the pizza shop is the liquor shop. In the middle is the convenience store gas station. And then on the far end is the breakfast and lunch diner. You can get everything you need there and not leave the the That's right. That's right. I think it's called Pit Stop? It's called the Pit Stop. So the pizza joint is called Boomershine. Boomershine Pizza. And uh, we, we order pizza and like go pick up pizza there pretty much every trip, you know, since it's been around um, and, and enjoy it. It's kind of quirky uh, insofar as the way they cut the pizza. They kind of cut it like in strips. 
strips. Almost like it's a breadstick. Yeah, almost like it's a breadstick. Long and skinny. Yeah. Okay. Which ain't my favorite way to eat a slice of pizza. Yeah, it makes it a lot more pieces. But but it is good. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. Um, so Ben and I go in and we, like, I think both of us get, like, the lunch special. A mm-hmm. uh, couple of slices and a drink or whatever. And as we're sitting there, I noticed on the napkin dispenser on the table... There's old Dave Portnoy staring up at me. <laughs> and it was like a screen grab where he had actually been in town and did a damn two-bite review of the pizza there. <laughs> and I'm thinking, holy shit, I'm in fucking Bluff City, Tennessee, Bristol, and Dave Portnoy was here. But, of course, it's because the Speedway is literally half a mile from there at that point. And uh, we went and looked up the uh, Boomer Shines Pizza review uh with dave portnoy and uh watched it kurt bush actually brought him down there kurt bush actually likes the pizza there and was like hey dave you're gonna be in town for this race come to a pizza review so it's actually kind of fun to watch so if 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 you enjoyed dave portnoy's uh pizza reviews if you uh put in boomer shine pizza um You'll see it and know that uh, you literally could uh, walk to my house from there. Mm-hmm. So uh, we. Uh, How many stars did Dave give it? Uh, it like a seven point one or something. Yeah, seven or one. Yeah, seven one. I think. Um, and, and the most impressive thing about that review was uh, Kurt Bush had clearly done his homework. And knew the style of review, what to look at, like how, and like really did because he reviewed it as well. Yeah, and uh, it, I was it was very it was it was a enjoyable review to watch. Um, both of them did a good job, and they 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 did well together. And I would have never guessed Kurt Busch would have had that much personality because as a driver, I've always thought he's just like a meh. Kind of, you know, personality. Um, So. Now you can tell everybody it's Kurt Busch's favorite pizza place. Well, no, no, no. I don't think he said it was his favorite. He said it's just, you know, because, you know, it is Bristol. So it's just like what's close to the track. Sorry. Um, So when we got back, we were just like looking to get into some meanness, I guess. And uh, we went looking for my neighbor, Howard. <laughs> and uh, we couldn't find Howard. Um, there's there's particular ways that you can know that Howard's out and about, um, depending on, like, if a certain door on the barn is open or a certain truck is there. If the truck's not there, he's probably... In, in another pasture, oh. like, you know, nearby that, you know, because he runs several different pastures uh, that are right there, but you have to get in the truck to go to the other one or whatever. So we knew he was around, um, but we just didn't know quite where. So we drove up Hamilton Hill Road and didn't see him. And so I was thinking, well, shit, maybe he's in the back. You know, for the lack of a better term, the back 40 for some reason. Because mm-hmm. I know he had been working on uh, spraying and spreading some fertilizer back there. So we took the truck back there and uh, we're just like, just kind of creeping along, you know, just like basically just above idle. 
but it's like super hilly back there. And I think we were going up the second hill. Yeah. And just the back end is starting to break loose because with with my truck, that F two fifty has such a heavy front end with that diesel motor. Yeah. If you don't have a load in the back of the truck, it just there's you know nothing back there. there's nothing back there, so you just start. So I put it in neutral, let it roll. Thanks to Ben, was able to find neutral slide very easily. Neutral. Slide it right into neutral. We rolled her back down the hill. I uh, told Ben to hang the fuck on. We're going to do it. And we launched it up the we hill. We launched it. I've got a sweet tea hanging out the window, bouncing. <laughs> and the the particular hill that we had to like get a good run at to get up, yep. when you go down the other side, I this is no exaggeration. You know when you're on like an old wooden style roller mm-hmm. coaster that's like super steep yep. once you make it to the top of the hill and it almost feels like it like cuts back yeah. in. <laughs> that's how this hill is. So it doesn't seem like a really big hill that you're going up, but when you get to the top, especially in that truck, you can't <laughs> see where you're going. No, you're looking at the sky. You're looking at the sky and then it just falls out and it really feels like it like dips back in. <laughs> and down we went and then shot up the other hill. But see this whole field comes all the way back to this really tight corner. And we got back there, and we had to do like probably like a 22-point turn to get turned around. around. And then we just... Right back out. Right back out at a pretty pretty good, good clip. clip. And, uh, you know, made sure everybody's fillings were nice and tight in their teeth. Nobody had, you know, because if, nope. if they weren't, they'd have been getting shook out. That and does have four-wheel drive, right? Yeah, it does. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it does. We didn't need it. No. Didn't need it. Yeah. Um, I just, I wanted to but it has clear. manual hubs, so nobody wanted to get out and lock right. hubs or anything. I, wa- I wanted to make that clear. Yeah. Because, you know. um, so we get back out of the field, and we're headed back out. And lo and behold, over behind uh, the Hamilton's house, we see Howard. He throws his hand up, you know, waves us to come over. So we wheel it on down, go down to the barn over there. And uh, that's where Ben finds his uh he he'd seen the uh old ford cab over yeah the uh, cattle truck cattle truck but the, you finally got to see the dump the truck dump truck the red one and uh we hung out with howard and howard was in a storytelling mood which was, was. freaking I, awesome like <laughs> i've heard i've heard him in micro storytelling mood and then i've heard your stories when he really gets at it and this is the first time i've been around howard really I mean, I think we were there like two and a half, three hours. Yeah. Just store of God, it was so fun. One after the other. Yep. Yes. One leads to the next mm-hmm. one. And, uh, you know, it started out by the barn over at the Hamiltons where he, he runs some steers back on their, their pasture. And uh, we had actually, when we were poking around looking for Howard, uh, we had poked our head in his, his barn and didn't find him. But we did realize, and I didn't know it he had a calf that was still being bottle fed so one of the things i was giving him shit about when we found him at the hamiltons i was like bro you never told me that you still have one that's being bottle fed he was like yeah well it's about time to go down there and do that and so i was like well shit ben's gonna bottle feed it Mm -hmm. he's like well let's go (laughs) (laughs) so uh he's got this set up in there or he's got it's probably a two foot tall hot water heater that's set to 110 degrees perfect. Exact. 
perfect out the teat temperature. That's right. And I believe that. he gets his formula. One scoop in here. What's this scoop? It's a. Uh, it's an old uh, flashlight. Six volt flashlight. He goes, yep. this is the exact Hollowed size out. you yeah. need. The amount <laughs> dumps in there. He's like, take it over here. Put it in here. He's like, then you just mix it, and he grabs a drill with a paint mixer. And <laughs> he's like, give that a good thing so it don't clog up in there. Screw the lid on. He's like, there you go. Walked over, fed that cow. How's your teat? I think I was pretty good at it. You got a good teat? Oh, yeah. yeah. And and the funny thing is, those those little calves when they're when they're sucking on a bottle, they there's nothing gentle about no. a calf nursing. Nope. No. And uh, like he would let go and like butt the the bottle and like send freaking milk flying everywhere. Um, but man, cutest little calf. Yeah. Cutest for sure. little calf. Um, and then we went down and. Uh, the ones that I had fed, bottle fed, the last time I was up, they were now in a different spot because they're bigger. So we went down there and checked on them. And uh, while we were there, we actually saw um, a family of groundhogs that yeah. uh, were across the field over basically by a watering trough that's uh, along a fence that, that's there's like a shale hill uh, behind it. That's actually limestone that's behind okay. it. But okay. um, there's a pile of shale over there. Um, but um, that particular, um, it, it's it's the property line. The fence is on the property line between our property and Howard's property. Okay. And um, there was a mama groundhog and two babies. And we are all like, oh, those sons of bitches, you know. Um, and Howard was like, well, their hole is right over here. And they got a second hole over inside that brush pile. And uh, he told me that because uh, we've, we've got a problem with some groundhog holes underneath our deck behind our house. And he said, hey, uh, just so you know, I know you got that groundhog that was underneath your deck last year. Apparently a new one's you know, moved in. He goes, when I was over there the other day, I saw it and it ran under the deck and I, I fucking took a shot at it with the 12 gauge. And he said, when all the dust cleared, some bitch made it back to the hole. I don't know whether I hit it or didn't, but, uh, you know, you, you might still have one under the deck. So keep an eye out. So I was like, all right, well, that's the way that's going to be. We'll, we'll keep an eye out. So, uh, We ended up going back home, um, caught a shower, yeah, and uh, basically uh, headed up to uh, Delta Blues. Delta Blues, and uh, man, good wings, great company with Jonathan. Yep. Hung out um, and just sat and bullshitted with Jonathan from the fly box until literally the restaurant closed, yeah. um, and uh, we parted ways. Got home and. You know, that was our that was the end of our second day, first full day, you yeah. know, so we're a day and a half into it and we've just been doing chores and just been, you know, like when we got home 
passed out. We, passed out. I yeah. sat down on the couch like we were going to have a conversation because we, we came home. We were watching a, some Dale Earnhardt podcast stuff. Yeah. And like five minutes, it was like, I was like, I'm going to bed. Yeah. It, it was just, it was time. So uh, the following morning, um, we got up and I was going to be making breakfast and I'd already fixed a pot of pot coffee. Of coffee. And Ben had a cup of coffee and was sitting either on the couch. He was on the couch. He, he was on the couch. And I think I was had been in the kitchen or... I think you were near the, like the recliner. Yeah, I was head, I'd was i come out of the kitchen, was headed to the recliner. And Ben goes, oh, my God, look. I was like, what? He was like, fucking, there was a groundhog just came out of the cornfield and came... I was trying to just go look. There's... Sliding glass door. Look yep. out into Howard's farm. I just want to go take a peek. Beautiful view. And fuckhead over here is on the deck, like from creeping up to the glass door. Yes, about four feet from me. I can't move. Yeah. And Larry's like, "Don't move. I'm gonna go get the shotgun." <laughs> well, he goes to get the shotgun. All I can hear is him just making noise, trying to get to it, and. I'm, as he's going, here comes one out of the field. I'm like, Larry, there's a second one. <laughs> and, of course, then they're hitting there. And they're, I'm going to call them babies, but they're not like nursing babies. They're just yeah, they're young pups. juveniles. juveniles. Yeah. Little delinquents. Yearlings. Sitting on the concrete step that, that leads, leads up, up to, the, deck. to the composite deck. In a spot, you can't get a shot on them because you might ricochet and bust the glass door out. I can't move. Larry finally gets up with a shot. And I was like, one of those, like, should have been here yesterday. I was like, dude, you could have popped one coming across the field a second ago. And then did they both dip back under the deck at that point? Yeah, pretty much all of them kind of like went under the deck and they were like hanging out under the deck. So I don't know whether they heard us or, or what. Oh, prior to that, prior to that, um, before I went to get the shotgun, literally while we were standing there, um, Ben gets it on video. Mom is sitting on the deck and the three juveniles are up on the deck and they literally walk over in front of the glass do- sliding door one of them actually reaches up and like taps on the glass with his little dirty fucking paw. <laughs> it's like they're taunting us. But like Larry can't uh, get a shot. Yeah. yeah. And so that's when I slipped off to go get the shotgun. And so I told Ben to just, you know, back out if he could. And if he moved into the kitchen, there's no the upper that. cabinets. Yeah. In the the kitchen bar, he would be able to be pretty concealed, but still be able to get me like position reports. So he was going to be the the scout. He was your spotter. He yeah. was my spotter. Calling an airstrike. So I come upstairs, um, go to the um, closet, get some game load out, load up the shotgun, and I, you know tiptoe down the hallway to my sister's old bedroom, the old sniper hide. Mm. And I removed the screen 
and then I crank the window out nice and slow, and I'm like, all right, you sons of bitches, and I went to look, and as soon as I look, they all under the fucking porch, I'm like, motherfuckers. So Ben's like, oh, they just went under the porch. I'm like, yeah, I know. They just saw me. So I'm like, fuck. So I'm like, all right, let's just be patient. We'll, we'll, you know. So I sit my phone up in the the window sill, and I have it so that I can see it. And Ben is in all the way in the other room, on the other side of the living room in the kitchen. And Ben is texting me. There's one on the deck, you know, and I'm like trying to look because I'm I'm basically, you know, they're not far, but it's like it's like they're in a position that's hard to get. You're, like, you're playing the angle game. That, yeah, it's a yeah. very sharp angle, an it's acute like angle. Yeah, this is the deck or the deck with the porch portion here. Yeah, and Larry's just gets like this shape of high. Yeah, the listeners will really enjoy that. Well, this is for your benefit, not theirs. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> Um, they should have been there. <laughs> I would say five minutes, seven minutes goes past. Yeah. Yeah. And now there's a little bit of activity. Okay. The a little, a little rustle. The Utes are getting restless. Oh. And uh, one of them steps out into the yard, into the cone of death. And uh, I'm like, hmm, I could take this one right now. I could literally roll this one up. Yeah. But. However. I was like, you know, that would be probably tactically a poor decision because if I pop him, they're never going to come out. The other three are not going to come out. Yeah. So maybe I'll be patient and see if I can get a shot on more than one of them yeah. coming out in the yard and grazing. And then I'm thinking, well, you know, I've got a pump shotgun. The window is a crank-out window. I have to be very mindful if I do take a shot and crank another round in to make sure that I've pushed the barrel out far enough so I don't blow the fucking window out, right? <laughs> so there's all these things are going through my fucking head. And that one's like, do-do-do, and he heads out across the yard further and further. Uh, and, and I'm like really starting to fucking twitch, wanting to just, you know, yeah. just send him on down the road. And he goes all the way to the cornfield. And I'm like, okay, the cool thing about this is I can always get him on the way back. Right. And two minutes later, groundhog number two comes Steps out from underneath the, no the deck. Land. Gets out on the field to play. Now I'm starting to, it's almost like pit strategy at a fucking NASCAR race. I'm like, okay, I can take two at this point and yeah. feel really good about this morning. And be done with it and we can move on and get our chores done. So I go ahead and line up the first shot and roll the one that's in the middle of the yard. As soon as I roll him, I see the one that's in the cornfield go like full prone. Yeah. Like what the fuck was that? And he starts to fucking sniper crawl back towards the yard. Cause he doesn't know where the sound came from. He just knows shit's going down. So you're, you were in a sniper fight. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. This was like enemy at the gates. So hard. He actually makes the fucking mistake of popping up 
to see what's going on, see if the coast is clear before. Because on the opposite side of the fence, it's not a mowed situation. And previous to these two days, you know, this the backyard was like a little, you know, little high grass situation. Yeah. Now it's like fucking nice and it's a lawn. So he's on the other side. So he has to actually pop up to be able to see over the high grass that's along the inside of the fence. And when he does, he gets a face full of it. Oof. Well, unfortunately for him, it wasn't a mortal wound. It was just pretty damaging. So he still has the desire to make it back to mama. Oh, so I see from my little hide this like, I don't want to say pathetic, but picture any over-the-top action film where someone's been shot in the leg and they're like dragging and he's like trying desperately to get back <laughs> to the I, hide. I know exactly what you're talking about. So, I've now racked in round number three. And I've got the barrel out the window, the appropriate length to get it past the glass. And I'm just sitting there, just starting to pull the slack out of the trigger when he comes through the page wire of the fence. And I let him get about two feet into the yard. Roll him up right there. So, Ben and I now know we have two down. So two I go. two to go. Two There's to go. four total. Which and like the whole goal was like if we get the big one, we're doing really good. So I go scooting feet down the hallway, and I'm like standing where I can talk to Ben across the living room. But now I'm not. You know they can't see me through the. You know I'm not not where I'm not exposed. Right. And I was like, all right, we've got two. They're both of the, both juveniles. Now, my thought is Mama is going to be really concerned about what's going on with their baby boys <laughs> out there in the yard. So we're just going to hang tight and see if curiosity, if she wants to go out and try to render aid or drag them back to the fucking hole, <laughs> and if she does, we're going to fucking get her too. So as soon as I say that... I go fucking tiptoeing back down the hall and I know that I've racked a new round in or I think I did. I think, no, this is actually, this is where, this is the problem. Okay. You didn't cycle it after. I net that. It just occurred to me because I get to the fucking bedroom and. You were so proud of your accomplishment. Probably. (laughs) Yeah, probably. And, uh, Fucking holy shit. There's the little one and the mama right there, not on the step. They're under the deck, almost out, like closest to the last one that, or to the first one that I got. And mama's like looking at it and like looking around. She's on high alert. Mm -hmm. And I fucking come up, slowly get the fucking shotgun out the window. And she whistles. And the fuck, like, that's, have you ever heard Groundhog called a whistle pig? I've heard him called that. But yeah, because they have this loud, like, shrill whistle, and that's like they're warning that something's wrong. Well, she whistles, and the little one fucking like a bolt of lightning back to the hole. But she is all Miss Stoic. Yeah. And she's still sitting there, and she's like looking around, like she knows something's up. Right. 
And I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. Let me think, let me think, let me think. I think the little ones are going to come out if I roll mama up right here underneath the edge of the fucking, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. Click. When it clicks, she looks up at me and fucking gone. I'm like, God damn it. (laughs) So I come out and I'm like, Ben, I fucking had a misfire. And now I realize, yeah, it makes sense. I didn't have a misfire. Because I I looked at the shell when we got back. Yeah. There was no, like, there was no dent. No, no, yeah. And the primer. And that's why I was, like, very confused. And so I cycled it and I was like, well, now I don't know. So anyway. I go back. I'm like, all right, let's just give this a few more minutes. So I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there. And I actually got like started to think like that self doubt started to creep in. I was like, Doc, God, damn you, dumbass! You fucking clicked on her. She's never, never coming back out. So I texted Ben, giving it ten more minutes and calling it. And then I'm not sure you decided to come down to where I was and just as he got to me the second the third little one went out in the yard and I freaking came up pow and rolled him I went to Larry because mind you the whole time this is happening he is in shorts that have brook trout brown trout and rainbow trout on them a white shirt and his Taylor trash hat. And at some point after the click has decided that he's worried, his face is too recognizable. So he's wearing a buff up to his eyes with a shotgun. So I wanted to get a picture of it. <laughs> and I see him like. Well, because she kept looking up. Yeah. Like, and I was like, if she doesn't see a face, maybe that'll give me the, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, right. so I, I, camo. I had the camo up. hat and the, you know. Yeah. So a, a brown bandana I see, buff. I see him tense up, and I know that's like, oh shit, I have a shot. So I switch it to video. <laughs> I get the pow <laughs> video. And gun smoke rolling oh, back into the window. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm thinking at this point, ah, it's probably a done, done deal. We're done. We we got three of them. Whoa! Mama sticks her head out. And she never even got out from underneath the edge of the deck. Oh, no. And I got her. And, uh, like, where I'm from, you know, if you get a groundhog, pretty much it's known that if you get a groundhog, just wait until tomorrow to try to get another one because they, they are very, like, very wary, elusive, or whatever. So, uh, we had texted Howard's wife a picture of the four of them in front of the glass door, like being all cute. And she was like, Oh my gosh, how cute you've got visitors. <laughs> and so I was like, you the battlefield? based on that response, <laughs> I, I don't think I want to send her the carnage photos. So like all day we were like hoping to bump into Howard to be able to tell him what was going on. And when we finally did, I was like, you're not going to believe this. We got four. He's like, what? He's like, you. he goes, I heard all the shooting. I thought y'all was shooting targets or something. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, we went to the fly box afterward and we're like, tell the groundhog story. And poor Jonathan's like, oh, those are cute. And to watch his face go from like, oh, my God, they're killing him. <laughs> yeah. 
And I think there was probably some people in the fly box that were maybe a little more crunchy and like, uh, you yeah. know, a, a little bit more hiking driven. Yeah. That were a lunch break. <laughs> that were a little bit taken aback by the, uh, taking of two generations of groundhog in one morning. <laughs> but, uh, we certainly had a good time and, uh, we solved the problem of the, uh, mm-hmm. the little bastards digging up underneath my, my deck. So, uh, Let's see. Uh, You didn't even have to break out the C4. No, No, not at all. Though. Bill Murray would be so proud. My Aunt Mary. Mm -hmm. Because I told her, of course, because she... Yeah. She, she's a she owns a big farm. She hates groundhogs. They they're 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 terrible animals when it comes to the destruction they can cause. Um, she told me if I go to Rural King, mm-hmm. that you can actually buy smoke bombs that are like almost like military grade smoke bombs. Force them out. No, you put the smoke bomb. What you do is if you if you find like because a groundhog will have more than one hole. Right. Right. So. If you know where the hole, at least you know where one or two of the holes are, you take a shovel, you fill that hole enough that the last, you put the smoke bomb down there and you'll find where the other hole is. Like, you know, so you can account for the entire thing. So once you know, like, you know, it may only have two holes or it may have five holes or whatever, but once you know the total number of that tunnel system, the final thing, the coup de gras, is you switch from smoke bomb to it's like a, a concussion grenade that you can put down. That's the final. Incendiary. So, no, it's not incendiary. So so you literally, you have all the other holes filled up. And you've, you know the one, the last one that was smoking. You get all your dirt ready. And it's pop that one, send it down the hole. And then you just like push the last of the dirt in. And it's. And there's no more problem with groundhogs in that system. (laughs) So I was like, are you shitting me? She's like, oh, yeah, you got to go to Royal King. You'll like it. (laughs) I'm like, I think I'm going to give that a try. Because there's there's this uh, the one that we'd seen over. It's it's like literally around this rock outcropping. So it would be very tough. If you miss with like a rifle shot and hit the freaking rock, you're going to skip one to the next yeah. county. So uh, we may try the explosive like ordnance uh, removal like method next time. In. Yeah. All right. Um, you know, uh, beyond that, what was there any other highlights that, that I'm missing? Um, I, don't. Did you, did you, I thought you guys went fishing. Oh, we did. we did. We did. We went after the groundhog incident. That's right. We went to... Dog. Yeah, actually, the groundhogs were what... Kept us from fishing. Kind of... Uh, kind of. Well, it didn't keep us from fishing. It just made us... We, slowed us down. Slowed us down. Slowed us down. And distracted us mm-hmm. to the point that when we got to Aunt Mary's to go fishing, Ben was the only one that got to go fishing because I was so distracted and probably still discombobulated <laughs> over my dry, you know, yep. shot. Yep. That I left without my wading boots. Oh, man. So I was like, no, Ben, you go ahead and fish. I'll just hang out, whatever. Um, but uh, for our fishing expedition, we took old Clyde out again. And uh, I guess it was almost by damn lunchtime by the yeah, time. Yeah, it Because we, we went to Pals. On the way. On the way. And got Pals drive through on the way. And... Uh, 
then went up there and uh, Ben fished for probably an hour, hour and a half, something like that. Yeah. Um, a few fish rising. Uh, ben fed a couple, missed a couple. Yeah. And uh, then we went up to the fly box, kind of did another shift hanging out up there. And, uh, oh, I know what, I've got a note here. Um, ran into a guy that had a, a Riversmith mm-hmm. four banger. Uh, ended up talking to him about uh, his experience, whether he, you know what he felt about his his uh, four banger, and uh, ended up shooting a video with him and sending it to River Smith. He's actually done a couple of uh, little modifications to his that uh, I thought would be pretty valuable to pass on to the team out in Colorado. Um, Basically, like almost like a safety cable that he put um, in the back of it, so that in the event that you think you get it locked but you don't, and it comes open, um, the rods won't slide all the way out because he had that happen. And, you know, just user error, yeah. you know. And uh, that was pretty cool because um, I sent that out there. You know, just like texted it out there to the, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, thank you so much." You know, we're we're always looking to improve the product. This is a great idea. Um, and then he had actually, um, kind of custom made his mount system to make it lower. Right. Um, extra low profile. Yeah. Well, and, and he, he wasn't aware of the new low profiles that I have, which are, are pretty new. Yeah. So, you know, it was actually, he had made a bush fix for a problem that they knew existed that they actually engineered. And when I told him how the quick release low profile worked it's way better system than what you know like he has to take his whole rack off yeah you know to do it quickly um but it was cool you know to to see that riversmith was so uh you know interested in hearing feedback from users that are actually out there using their product but uh he was a um guy that fishes all the time apparently jonathan introduced us um not sure what he i think he was like just kind of like recently retired kind of guy you know just spends all his time on the river i like what they did recently with the uh the inside the truck bed yeah yeah when they opened it up to a poll to see if people would be interested in Uh uh-huh yeah that's you know smart way to go about it absolutely um, oh, I wish more companies within the industry did that. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I think we talked about that on the last uh, podcast. You know, yeah. don't don't discount away your average angler. You know, the core angler. Like, talk to them. Don't talk to just the guides. Talk to everybody and find out. You know what they would like to use. Um, while we were at the fly box. I'm sitting at the counter and I'm looking kind of where um, Hickory Tree Road comes mm-hmm. out to um, 421, which is like a four lane divided highway. And a truck pulling a old two axle horse trailer comes up over the hill and is going down towards the stop sign at 421. And I notice that the back door on the horse trailer is like swings open swings open oh boy well there was no horse in there but there were like 
five goats. <laughs> and the goat almost got out of the trailer, but luckily somebody had just pulled up right behind him. And I think with a little bit of horn blowing and pointing and waving, the young lady that was the passenger got out and like hauled ass back there and got it closed. But it could have been uh, a classic East Tennessee goat rope that we were like seconds away from Well, one. the crazy thing is you, the, you could see him pull up and honk the horn and that truck started to move. Yeah. And then they like pulled up on side and stopped. I was like, there's almost goats on this road. <laughs> like, yeah. Dead. So it was pretty funny. And then uh, Kyle met up with Yeah, us. Kyle came up to the shop, hung out for a bit, and then... Uh, we took off, did a quick trip by the grocery store, got some uh, condiments and such, and uh, had Kyle come over. We did burgers on the grill with Kyle there at my house. Yep. And then, and then I think from there we crashed and then you left the next I day. Left the next day. Yeah, and. Uh, you left. You left too early, buddy. The very yeah. ne- the very next day, Howard delivered uh, Wanda's famous upside down pineapple cake. I saw that note on there, and I was like, I don't remember that. Oh, it was it was freaking good. And I, I I tried my best to finish the whole thing. I only got about three quarters of it down. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'll just burn through the rest of it. Um, just you know, more chores, stuff like that. Um. Went to uh, a really cool presentation by Vista Patagonia, uh, the lodge down in uh, Chile uh, at the Flybox. Uh, met the owners and uh, actually ran into a couple of our listeners uh, up there at the same event. Um, that was kind of cool to hang out and talk to them and say howdy. Uh, get to meet them in person. Was able to throw some stickers their way that I had in the truck. You know, it's pretty neat when you pull up to the fly shop and you look at the truck that's parked to the left of you and they've got a T2F2 uh, air freshener. So you're like, okay, cool. Somebody is down with the program. Um, Let's see. Um, That was it. Um, Got back home and uh, Shannon picked me up at the airport. Went by the Fuel Barbecue uh, there in Sanford since we were already there. I had that bus stop sandwich. Yeah. Isn't that what you had the last? That's what I had. Man. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Real good. Um, you know, the dog missed me, apparently, because he would not leave me alone. The first night I was back, I got woken up. Like every fucking fifteen minutes by him fucking with me and like messing with me and but the silver lining of that is I woke up in the middle of the night for a cool launch SpaceX launch so Ooh. yeah um, those middle of the night launches are some of the best ones because that it just lights up the sky absolutely it was it was real nice. We are going to take a break because what I see next um, is um, question time. So you guys aren't quite sure what's coming up next, but you're going to enjoy it. Okay. Um, If you remember, I did like a story where it was like, hey, 
episode 91 ask us a question yeah. and we never got to those well i actually saved those okay. so we are getting ready to do those questions and i have to tell you there's some really good ones nice so let's take a break and when we come back from break we are going to have question time do you wear the time to listen to me why about nothing and everything all at once I am one of those melodramatic fools neurotic to the bone no doubt about it sometimes I give myself the creeps sometimes my mind plays tricks on me Oh, it all keeps adding up I think I'm cracking up Oh, am I just paranoid Or am I just on? Oh, I went to a shrink To analyze my dreams They said it's like a... All right, a couple of chicken wings later We are rejuvenated and ready to roll So, uh... I think this was done for last episode, and uh, we ended up not getting to it, Um, but uh, I went ahead and made sure and saved these, because uh, I think they're pretty good. So, uh, first question from a listener is, can't remember if you guys have covered this in a previous episode which is actually code for I haven't listened to all the old episodes. I like it. The person could be famous. They could be dead or alive. Who would you want to have lunch with? Who would it be and why as far as who would you like to fish with? I think we have covered this, but nonetheless, I don't want to start. I was just going to throw it out there. Ben? So it's a bucket list fly fishing trip, location, species, and one person you'd bring along. The person could be famous, they could be dead or alive. Who would it be and why? So it's kind of a twofold. Yeah, well, my answer changed when it said bucket list destination. Yeah. Um, you and I had a trip planned that just never worked out for bone fishing in the Bahamas, and mm-hmm. that's, that's on my list right now. That's, and I'd go with you. Okay. Um, yeah, that was, I mean, we just, we're, we're barely past April. That's when we were talking about doing it. No, so. I know, I know. It's not I mean, like it's. Well, okay. <laughs> For everyone listening, no, it's not, it's not that Larry, no one bailed. We were trying to do it when my in-laws were in town to kind of bug out of town, and it just, that part didn't work out. Right. But that's like what's hot and heavy on my mind of where I want to go and what I want to do. Legit, I, I would, I'm still down to do that trip, and I'm honored that you would want me to be the guy that went with you for the bonefish trip. Yeah, I'm gonna get a little sentimental here. Okay. okay, I would like to go, and I know this is kind of breaking the rules, but I'd like it to be two people. Okay, uh, I'd like to go out west to like Montana or <clears throat> somewhere where it's you know 
really good trout fishing, but also that sort of meadow scene mm-hmm. uh-huh. with uh, my dad and my grandpa when if my grandfather was younger and still able to do it, right? Because he's the one that got me into fishing. So yeah, no, that's that's an awesome idea for a fantastic trip, kind of like a hopper hopper yeah. kind of trip, yeah. you know, out in the tall grass mm-hmm. and. And trout fishing always reminds me of him because that was, you know, the first type of fishing we did. So, and it's cool you mentioned that because until the destination came into play, my first thought was fishing my grandpa's ditch on his farm up in North Florida for brim, hmm. and it would be like yeah. I'd trade to go do that again. I think um, my bucket list trip would definitely involve bonefish. Um, I'm not quite sure where that would be right now. I would have to look and figure out like what little like quirky destination um, that you, I would... What are you looking for? Like numbers of bonefish? No, 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 no. I've never been like a numbers guy. Like more of a the quality of the bonefish and the remoteness of the destination. Um, you know, like that's why, like, you know, I've always like cherished doing like Mayaguana or Inagua mm-hmm. or South Caicos. Um, they're kind of out of the way places. It's places that don't get the heavy traffic. Um, typically, you know, the fish are, less plentiful but they're higher quality uh bigger fish Mm -hmm. uh so it's a little bit more sporty but you know because it is an out of the way place it kind of levels the playing field just a little bit um and i'm i'm actually thinking you know i would like to probably do something pacific uh you know destination yeah um not Hawaii, because th- those fish are getting beat to shit. Not Christmas. Um, no, I wouldn't do Christmas. Um, Christmas is, like, played out. Yep. Um, but somewhere, like, you know, an atoll somewhere or, a, you know, kind of an out-of-the-way island where, you know, you know, maybe it's a, you know... Somewhere in the Marshalls or, you know, somewhere where there's like, you know, there's going to be like crazy World War II history, but also, you know, a lagoon or two in that part of the, you know, island chain where there's bonefish that nobody thinks about fishing for. And I would do it with Dr. Chris because he's my fucking bonefish bro. Oh, yeah. So um, that would be that would be my answer to that question. I think my my second, and this is not to sound insensitive or anything, uh, would be Ishkalak with Ron Sheepstra. Oh wow! Just to just to understand, right? The questions that I have, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong about that whole thing. I dig that. That's that's a thoughtful. I, I didn't. That's think, a thoughtful answer. I didn't think about it until you said um, Maguana, and I was like, "Oh, that makes me think." Yeah. yeah. Um, the next question. Um, we should play 
who submitted this question. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you say that like we're all going to know immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Who's coming to Wisconsin next? <laughs> <laughs> Doggy daddy. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go up there this summer. Nice. It's probably going to be late summer, but I'm definitely going to go. No doubt about it. So I'm raising my hand. Right, I'll vote Larry to go next. I would like to, but... You can go right after. You can go the week later. Okay. All right. Th- this is a good question. Um, we did a list of beers, the shower beer, boat beer, etc., cetera, mm-hmm. uh, as inspired by uh, Dale. Dale Jr. Uh, what about a snack list? Mm. And, I, you know, when I first read this question, I was like... Snack list? What the fuck, snack list? And I was like, well, hold on a second. Whoa up. There there are different snacks. You've got road trip snacks. Yep. You know? Like, there's certain things that you only get, like, when you go to the truck stop. You know, it's like, you get that loves beef jerky. Um, you know, I will tell you that when I'm road tripping, but probably... Not ever in uh, any other circumstance. Got to have some fucking Pringles. Yes, I just did that. They are so fucking convenient, (laughs) right? I so yesterday driving to South Carolina, Uh pulled into yeah, exactly. Gas station near Savannah, or maybe just over the South Carolina, Carolina. God dang it. Carolina. Carolina line. I literally got stuck. I couldn't get the last Alina out. Uh, got ranch Pringles. Uh-huh. And ate them all the way to Wild's house. That's gross. The, they were uh, good, though. They were super good. Regular original Pringles are the only way to go. No. No. <laughs> I like them ranch. I like them sour cream and onion. And plain, I'm, with, I'm with Larry on this one. Whatever. Yeah. I, I'm okay with it. I'm secure enough in my snack choices. No, I mean, snack choices are personal. I, I'm yeah. just, you know... Uh, just original Pringles are like period that you can't stop it. Yeah, you can't like the, they're just perfect. Um, so, what other kind of snacks are there? Um, My fiance and I have a road trip uh, Slim Jims. Oh yeah, the extra long. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Preferably an energy drink too to really get that bubble gut going. Oh yeah. Um. My gift snack of choice is I like a cold double decker oatmeal cream pie. OCP for the win, baby. That's like what I want on a boat when it's hot. <clears throat> yeah, but the, the what's the fried chicken? There you go. You, you got. The I mean, answer is always the answer Publix is always fried chicken. Publix fried chicken, but then your your dessert portion of your boat snack is. Well, I know your argument's going to be, well, I don't always take chicken on the fucking boat. But you don't always take double-decker cream pies either. I don't. <laughs> well, but that's like, if I if I know I'm, I'm going to be out there for like, I know like a lunch time. Uh-huh. It's probably a chicken or a JB situation. But if I know I'm going out. Going out. Like, if I'm going to be out for like three hours or something. Uh-huh. Not, I'd say probably 60% of the time there's an oatmeal cream pie that gets thrown in the cooler. Oh, okay. I find myself more in the shorter trip range uh-huh. or, you know, six hour trip, but not planning to do lunch. And right. My boat snack is usually beer. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it 
crosses it, it it covers both lists yeah 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 maybe chewing gum here and there since i don't do tobacco or anything right so uh you know the the liquid lunch snack yes. or the liquid snack yeah. cold snack that's right you, you're having your cold snacks bread, mm-hmm. bread in a can that's right um no gluten problems over here um So uh, let me ask this, okay? When it comes to snacks, are there particular snacks that you only partake in if you go to the theater for a movie? Yes. Absolutely. I would say so. Because I am one, so I eat them only at the movie theater or out of my stocking at Christmas. Goobers. Goobers. Nice. Fucking love some goobers. I, and I think I really only get them at, at the theater, that tray of nachos with that just processed oh. melted cheese. Oh, wow. It, it was, okay, but I think it You're the from, fucking guy I want to kill. <laughs> I hear you back there fucking crunching no, and mopping shit around. They're done by the time the commercials and are over. And they come in that, that tray. That, that plastic tray. any loud. Any, yeah. yeah. Crinkle, well, you crackle. The, yeah. No, crunch, crunch, crunch. And then you hear him fucking licking the fucking nacho cheese off his fingers. No. I don't care if it is during the fucking bullshit part of the fucking but program. That's fine. You don't I'm have like, to like me. And then you I, smell it and you're like, oh. Dude, it's one of those things though, like when we grew up, we were the family that snuck the candy in. You know, by the middle of the movie, the fucking cheese farts are starting. <laughs> no. My wife attests <laughs> to that. Um, hey, but the movie theater by my house, it's like Bard County's only independent theater. It's not like an AMC or anything. They also have really good coffee. Hmm. So... But that's not a snack. Dude, it is when you mix it with a... You eat nachos with cheese oh and an iced mocha. Oh, wash it down. Someone's going to throw up listening to this, but goddamn, oh it's so good. I don't like God. bite and sip, but like you drink your water as you chew through the nachos and you wash it down with that dessert coffee. Damn. Okay, I will never see a movie with you. That's fine. Wait a second. Drink your water. You don't have like a fucking soft drink at the fucking movie theater? Sometimes... Sometimes it's just water. Water, coffee. Cherry Coke. Cherry Coke. That's Daisy's. It's got to be a Cherry Coke. Crisp original Coke guy. It's not as good as McDonald's, but whatever. Yeah, it's it's usually close, though. My snack of choice is popcorn. Oh, I love the popcorn at a movie theater, but that's that's like the given. And Twizzlers. No, Shannon is a big Twizzler fan. Um but she's not a big go to the movie fan. Um, but she loves Twizzlers. The Twizzlers are like a road trip snack for her. Yeah. Um, I had another situational snackage kind of situation. What was it? So we've talked about road trip snacks. So we got road trip snacks. Oh, ben, we have movie you, snacks. Did you submit your road trip snack? The Pringles. That's okay, exactly so what I got. We have down. we have boat snacks. Um. Oh, there's got to be other snacks. There's no shower snack. No, there's no shower snack. Um, Ooh. Oh, here, let's hear it. Midnight snack. Oh. Oh, that's, yeah. 
it's it's going to be like that fucking little Debbie um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Swiss, cake. Swiss cake girl, man, yeah. all day long, all day, long. or ice cream out of the freezer. Yeah. So you got the sweet tooth late at night. Yeah, but not very often. Not very often. Like you know, I'm not a real. I'm not going to snack all the time. Right. Um, but like that occasional, and and if there are um, Swiss cake rolls in the house, mm-hmm. um, they're not going to last. Long. So they don't make it. To they don't make it to midnight. Probably the. I've got those. They're shelled pistachios that mm-hmm. have like the spicy chili flavor. That's like if I'm hungry, I know I can get a handful of them and I'll be able to like go back to bed without my stomach hurting. <clears throat> and that's like become my midnight snack. Now, see, I, I like the pistachios, but I don't know that I would like pistachios that have anything on them. You know, you're you're dancing over there at the fucking ranch ranch uh, Pringles again on me. It's okay. Um. My go-to, if available, cold pizza. Oh, that's a killer. No, I can't do it. I always have to reheat my pizza. Daisy can't do it either, but yeah. I can. And and one of the reasons I like reheated pizza is typically it really crisps oh, yeah. up the crust again. Like, really crispy. Mm-hmm. I res- Gets that little char to the bottom of it. I oh. respect reheated pizza, but there's sometimes that just the cold pizza. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest, the cold pizza for edge. breakfast is like one of my favorite things oh, on the planet. Yeah. Hmm. That might be one of the best, like, but heading that, to the fishing spot breakfast. Is that a snack, though? Or is that just an alternative breakfast? No, like for a midnight snack. Okay. Okay. That's what I would say. Yeah. But it's, again, if it's there. Right. So do we have, okay, so like party snacks, you know, like uh, you're having to get together. Is there anything in particular, you know, snack wise that, you know, I think probably nachos fit, fit that bill. Um, you know, there's nothing better than being like hanging out at somebody's house that like knows how to host a, a fucking good get together. Shannon's cheese ball. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Super good. And you know, when the when the right snack comes out at a get together, you're like, son of a bitch. I yeah. am glad I fucking RSVP'd to this one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, there I think there are different lists of different snacks. And uh, you know, if we missed a snack that you think is an important snack. Um, DM us, let us know the, what we missed because y'all sure as shit did it with the beer. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, what did we I can't remember, beer? but like a few people, you know, they sent like a couple different, and a couple of them I was like, eh, eh, and I was like, oh yeah, okay, we did miss that one, but I can't remember what it was. Um, the next question was, is Jameson taken? <laughs> we'll just let you answer that. Yes, I, I am engaged. <laughs> oh, that's uh, I knew that you would be like so totally like nah. like what am I gonna say? Uh, of course I am. I was wondering who submitted that. The good news is she doesn't listen to the show, so she'll never get the response. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. The next one. Um, who is someone that you want to fish with but haven't yet?
wilds. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. That's probably one that could happen. Uh, yeah. I don't fish with wilds either, but I, I don't know. One of, one of these days I'll get the invite to South Carolina. <laughs> I'll be moving there in six months. So you know. Right. Ben's putting a lot of thought into this. There isn't really a lot of context around that, though. Doesn't have to be. You it's know. just like your personal experiences. What you know? Is there somebody that you're like, man, I'd really like to fish with that cat, and I just haven't had the opportunity. Or, I mean, I think the same rules would apply. Other than I don't want it to be like a dead guy, like from the right. first. You know, it's like who's somebody out there that you're like, you know, I think it'd be really cool to fish with that guy. Example, Dr. Chris, you know. He's on the list. Yeah. He, well, you know, Dr. Chris had listened to Millhouse and had heard about Steve Huff, you know. Like, he knew who Steve Huff was, but after hearing Steve Huff's interview on the podcast and then bumping into him down in Everglades City, he ended up reaching out and saying, hey, I... Heard it clear as day on the podcast. You don't take any new clients. But that being said, I still am going to ask. I want to fish with you. Is it possible? And he never heard anything. So he sent a second letter and asked the same thing. Was like, you know, just wanted to make sure that, you know, if it's possible, I'd love to. And he got a phone call back and said, yeah, man. You know, as a matter of fact, I will fish with you. And now Chris has fished with mm-hmm. Steve Huff because it's like somebody that he respects and thinks is, you know, yeah. pretty cool dude. And that's who he's fished with. That's awesome. Yeah. Which is kind of neat. Did you think of it? I I do want to fish with Doggy Daddy. It's kind of on my list. Just for hanging out with him up there and doing a little bit of dive bar hopping that one night. Right. I've, and the invite's always been extended. And I, that's an invite I do want to take up. That or someone who's really dialed in on Striper. Striper. I think that's Stripers. Hmm. Like a Paul Dixon or somebody like that. I don't know who that is, but sure. Okay. <laughs> Why not? If he's dialed, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, if you're out there, hit me up. Are. Yeah. I know my buddy Hunter's got him pretty dialed up there in near Atlanta, but the... Uh, if you're going to do it, do it big. Go to, like, you know, the Northeast. Yeah. Yeah, something. Yeah, don't, like, if you're going to... Like, that's Paul Dixon's uh, a New England striper okay. guy that's renowned. Okay. And um, I've been told if you can do it waiting... Okay. Because it gets really fun when the, the tide comes in. Okay. Because they're like 14-foit tides. And right. you got to walk 600 yards down a mud flat. <laughs> really? That's what my buddy told me. Okay. He, he could be exaggerating just a scotch. Hmm. I'm trying to think of who... I might want to fish with that I haven't fished with. Tarpon God. <laughs> I don't think I would go tarpon fishing if I was to go fishing. 
um, let me see. Um, his name is on the tip of my tongue, but I can't quite think of it. So let me look where I know I would find it. It's a guy that I think I would like to permit fish with. Ooh. Give me two seconds here. See if I can. Um, Show me. I think this is the most dead space we've had in one of these. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Shit. I can't think of his fucking name. He's he's a, one of the Key West guides um, that I that I heard him on uh, Millhouse, and he just seemed like a really fucking cool character. Young guy, old guy. Uh, probably probably close to my age. Um, just call that middle. Yeah, mi- middle aged. Um, kind of, kind of just he he just like seemed like a really old soul. You know, like very unflappable, um, low key, not like, uh, you know, like, Hey, look at me. Yeah. Just like really relaxed. It seemed like it would be like a really cool guy to spend time on the boat with. And just for the life of me right now, I can't fucking, let's see if I went to podcasts. And then went to Millhouse. Maybe I can spot his name off of there. Um, let's see. Wow, how many episodes do they have now? It'd be one of the earlier ones before they kind of jump the shark. Now it's like they pickle guys yeah before they sold out to the pickle overlords the pickle overlords um let's see there's 2021 it's probably back in there somewhere let's see hey, look at that they did one with paul dixon did they wow i didn't actually know him from that i knew him from um Probably before your all's time, did you guys ever watch uh, Guide Wars on uh, ESPN? Nope. Negative. Um, He was on that. Let's see here. I'm going to find it. I swear to God I'm going to. Uh, to, uh, Nope, 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 nope. Nope, nope, nope. Flip palette. Nope. Uh, no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Uh, let's see. Man, where is this guy's name? I must really want to fish with him really, really bad. Cause right. I can... Who? No. <laughs> uh, gosh, hold on. I when I when I find it, y'all are gonna be like, "Oh yeah, I can see why you'd want to fish with that cat." He's John O'Hearn. Yeah, yeah, John O'Hearn is definitely uh, John O'Hearn or Drew Delschmidt, one of those two cats. Probably Hearn. 
um, would be my number one and uh, Della Schmidt. And the only reason I think uh, I would like to fish with Della Schmidt is the weirdest thing is I don't know what his connection is to University of Tennessee. But every time that I like a post uh, from Tennessee football, I always see that he's the other guy that like <laughs> nice. also like. So I'm like, dude, we would have a fucking good time talking football, you know, fill the dead spaces in, mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, get serious about a fish. Uh, in the dead time now, we're talking football. And uh, O'Hearn, though, O'Hearn just seems like a fucking killer. Like, I think it would be a lot like fishing with Dr. Chris. I just think it would feel like fishing with a friend uh, straight off the jump. So that's the answer to that question. Uh, We've got more questions. Um, Let me find where they are. Here they are. Um, That's not a question. Um, Somebody saying that I did them a solid a few months back and wanted to say big thanks for trip info in Florida. I apparently am a hot spotter. Um, Aren't we all? So here is a question in the form of a trout set or a strip set. Deck boots, any brand. To me, they're better on a drift boat than skiff. Um interesting interesting um i don't i can't say that i've been in a drift boat with deck boots on every time i've been in a drift boat it's been waders waders yeah um i've either been in waders or flip-flops um one extreme or the other um but uh i've taken my grundins on two drift boats so uh, let me let me say that Prior to going to Alaska, I thought deck boots were just gross, um, trendy, and Mm gay-looking. And I had no use or wish or want for them. Um, Prior to going on our Alaska trip, Jimmy was like, hey, man, it's... You know, very likely to be super wet up here. Either while you're here, it's going to rain, or it will have rained, and just like everything's muddy and wet, and you need to have a pair of shoes that, you know, if we're not in waders fishing, even if you're going around town, you need something, you know, like muck boots or deck boots um, to, you know, keep your feet dry. And I was like, well, I've got some muck boots. He's like, well, you know, be honest with you, probably deck boots would be better. He goes, because, you know, muck boots are more of like a fall, wintertime thing. You probably get your feet are going to get too hot. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, I guess I'm going to find out what it's like to have deck boots. So Wyatt and I bought a pair of Grunin's deck boots, both of us, and wore them on those trip, on that trip, just like we would like sneakers or whatever. And found that they were pretty damn comfortable and utilitarian. So, yeah, um, fucking strip set. Um, I I do like deck boots. And uh, since then, um, we ended up, you know, having Grundens come to us about being a brand partner with them. And not only do I have, you know, the original pair that I bought. Uh, I've got probably 
three more pairs. Uh, my favorite deck boots are the uh, Chuckas that I got. They're the leather deck boots, yep. or you know, the leather top or whatever uppers. And I like those because uh, you can wear those and keep your feetsies dry, and also look pretty freaking schnazzy. Yep. Um, step right out of the skiff and go straight to you know dinner or whatever, and not quite look like you're. Hey, bro, haying it with uh, deck boots on. So, a little uh, bit more classy than the yeah, traditional rubber look. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, me personally, I'm going to say strip set. Yeah. I think deck boots uh, are A, useful. B, if you get the right pair, like the Chuckas, you can uh, actually look pretty good. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's my answer. I'm sticking to it. You are. Uh, I'm pro deck boot. They're, okay, I like. I use them for all kinds of things. Right. Um, I would say I'm in the same boat. I don't. I don't have a problem with them. Yeah, like I'm, I've got I'm a, learning to use them more. I've right. got. I've got a pair of mine that I leave in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, I was doing all my chores in them. Um, I had to clean a tree off the roof of the hangar, and I wore those deck boots um, while I was running the chainsaw and walking around on a roof and. Uh, they were perfect for that. So, nice. oh, let's see. What's been everyone's favorite fly fishing moment on the water for this year so far? Huh. Mm-hmm. I know what mine is. I have not laughed or had a better time in a drift boat than when Ben and I fished Seussville together with Kyle and I don't know <laughs> what like you know it was just one of those days where I was in just one of those moods where it was a comedic kind of day um, there was a lot of razzing going on and of course we've covered it before when when Ben was you know stuck on a log and he was like hey what do you want me to do and he wasn't asking me he was asking Kyle (laughs) but I took the fucking shot and turned around and said I want you to just sit there and think about what you just did (laughs) and then I made a cast stripped it and hooked up and it was I mean like that but you couldn't have written it as a movie script yeah better yeah. yeah and uh we on that on that particular trip we had that ginormous sub you yeah. know like i mean it was just like you know and, and if that is uh you know like a metaphor for the day it was this giant delicious submarine sandwich of a day mm-hmm. on the water mm-hmm. and uh you know lewis towing us down the river yeah. you know like it could have been a day where things weren't going to work out, but we pivoted and made it work out. And then it just became a fun day, a funny day. And we saw the kids that were, you know, uh, skating. Yeah. I mean, just like there was just so, yeah, Johnny jams. And, uh, there was just so much going on. It was just a fucking great day on the water. So, and then when we got done, I think we all hauled ass back up to the, um, fly shop and hung out and bullshitted up there. I think so. Yeah. So uh, that, that's probably mine too. 
to be honest. Yeah. Um, second to that would be when you and I fished um, for the uh, on the day of the launch. I'm glad you brought that up because that's my favorite at this point. Yeah. Um, just the the timing of it all. You yeah. Know, last minute. Hey, there's going to be a launch. You want to go? Maybe fish a little bit before. Sure. Yeah. You know, hop in the boat. First spot. Catch the first fish. The first fish. The and then it just like. And the the sunset. And it was just a, a gorgeous day. Yeah, and we we. Picked the right little stretch to fish, came around the corner, boom, we're right where we need to be, there's the launch, it was just, timing was perfect, the company was perfect, perfect, you know, to, to put the first fish in the boat, um, so, yeah, fucking all the way around, uh, great two days on the water, how about that? Oh, here we go. We're not going to answer that one, but uh, <laughs> somebody knew. Uh, was it a loaded question? Yeah, it was <laughs> one of those. Uh, let's see if we can get you guys to stir the, the, the pot. Um, how about our answer is no answer. That's your answer. Um, <clears throat> oh, here we go. We've got a new listener. What do you guys do or did you do for a living? <laughs> Which means somebody thinks somebody doesn't do anything. I know. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, if you look at it, you're like, what the hell do these people do? Right. Uh, which is exactly where you want to be. Um, so, I don't know. Like, How far back do we want to go to say what did you do or what do you do? for a living um so um probably for the last 15 years or so uh i've owned my own business um it's a consultant business uh where we provide third-party testing agency um field quality control testing in commercial construction um, I used to do that in the field, um, but now in the past couple of years, due to uh, things that are going on in my life, uh, I kind of had to take a step back from uh, doing stuff in the field, uh, brought Ben on board. Ben's uh, the face of the business out in the field, does all the actual testing in the field, and uh, it's a real niche kind of a business um i learned about like i said about 15 years ago that uh based on the business that i was in at the time uh made me question why certain builders in the residential space were spending ungodly amounts of money on warranty claims uh from new homeowners due to water damage issues with their homes and uh that led me to find out that uh, in the commercial side of construction that uh, things were actually tested and, and they made sure that, you know, a building was watertight and uh, started a business serving that need because there was uh, a void in that uh, space 
And 15 years later, we're still uh, doing that. And really, I guess, uh, as I tell Ben, I always like to say, we're really just in a a customer service business um, that happens to do field quality control testing. Um, It's a business that everybody that's involved on a day where we're doing testing uh it's super stressful to them um there's a lot on the line for some people both monetarily as well as reputationally and uh, you know talk about bubble gut you know a lot of people are walking around you know not not having a good morning because they're worried about you know their work's getting checked and their reputation might suffer etc etc so you know my business model has always been to try to adhere to the standards and the test standards and the you know uh, perform the tests the way that they're meant to be done um, according to the standards that that are called out in the spec but do it in a way that everybody that's participating can still have a good day because um, <clears throat> I'm a big believer if you can't go to work and have fun, um, find something else to do. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a serious business, but if you can uh, do it in a manner where everybody at least has the best time that they possibly can have, even though it's a serious subject, that that's a good way to do it. And that's, you know, we don't advertise. We get all of our business word of mouth. Uh, one project leads to the other. So uh, every job we do, we do it like it's our last because it's going to lead to our next job. And uh, that's what I do along with Ben. Yep. Well, mine will definitely not be as lengthy as yours. Mine uh, probably couldn't, shouldn't have been as lengthy as it was. <laughs> no, it's, I, I don't think you could have explained it any better or you know, any um, clearer. I, I think it's valuable to learn that. Um, I'll keep mine simple, though. I am in the insurance industry. I work for a carrier in digital distribution, uh, where I am a relationship manager, um, sort of overseeing the the carrier's relationship with third-party digital entities. So whether that's comparative raters, platforms, digital agencies, uh, very tech-focused in the small commercial space. So small business policies. Nice. We refer to Jameson's position as the schmoozer in chief. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I am budgeted to take companies out to wine and dine and tell them how good of a job they are at making us money. Nice. Yeah. All right. Good deal. So uh, there you go. And. Uh, since Mark is not here, uh, we'll go ahead and let you know that Mark uh, is retired from the United States Army, um, medically retired. He's a very worthy recipient of a very well-earned Purple Heart, and uh, he spends his time um, enjoying the fruits of his labors that uh keeps us all free and uh you know he he made quite a sacrifice uh for our freedom and as a result of his injuries and being medically retired he probably fishes out of all of us the most oh yeah Yeah. so that's what mark does mark uh 
lives a pretty good life fishing. <laughs> um, but he earned it. Yeah. He more than earned For it. Sure. Definitely. So, um, oh, I love this. This is a great question. <clears throat> if you catch a stalker redfish, do you kill it? <laughs> <laughs> and if you kill it, do you eat it? Um, you know, I think this is kind of the, the you know, like some of the trout guys, you know, talk about stalker. If it's a stalker, you bonk it, you know, go ahead and kill that son of a bitch. Get it out of there. Um, do you eat it? I don't eat fucking redfish. I won't say ever, yeah. but I'll say extremely rarely. Um, and you know, I don't know if we're going to be able to tell stalker redfish from right. Are they clipping a fin? I don't, I don't know. So. You know, I don't need to go and look. Yeah. We need to find out. I think that they need to have like, you know, the scarlet letter yeah, fucking like branded on them. Yeah. They need to like, uh, take away their, their drum spot. Yeah. <laughs> but then now we're talking about like genetically modified redfish. I don't want those either. Uh, GMO baby, <laughs> you know we're gonna breed out the spot. We called him a Santa Red. So I don't know. Other than I do know, I don't like the idea of stalker redfish. That that no. I do know. My answer is: if it eats a pellet fly, it deserves to die. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Ben, I think this one was uh, inspired by you. Okay, uh, I'm in trouble. Yeah. What'd you do, Ben? So this this listener asks, is it just me, or does Ben always look like one of y'all's sons from a high school fling? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it is funny. (laughs) Um, I can see that. And it is funny on job sites. People are like, oh, you're Larry's son, right? I'm like, nope. (laughs) Max's brother. Uh, <laughs> no, nephew. We could get away with nephew. That's funny though. Yeah, nephew. Uh, from a high school fling is what got me. That's great. That's Look like one of your all sons from a high school fling. That's fucking great. Whoever came up with that question, fucking love your the cut yeah. of your jib, sir. Um. <laughs> all right, and I think this is the final one. How hard is it for your wives to deal with all the women throwing themselves at y'all? <laughs> Well, I would have to officially say that uh, my wife deals with it pretty well because um, as the consummate dad bod of the table, I don't have that problem. I'm just going to explain something to this listener. (laughs) (laughs) If they've ever been to a fly fishing event, there might be one or two women and usually they are swarmed either with their family or you know significant other who drug them there unwillingly but uh but women don't really throw themselves at us nope <laughs> nope not at all at least they haven't to me my wife's the one that this the opposite she is the one who comes after me i got to constantly tell her to let me go have some fun i want to go record a podcast all right. Well, that was question time. So now we need to reference back to our notes. Thank you for the questions. Yeah, yeah those were awesome fun. questions. I hope you guys enjoyed it, too. I'm already yeah. looking forward to the next one. 
Uh, we won't do it every time, but we'll do it occasionally. It's 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 becoming a it's becoming a thing that I actually enjoy. Um, I took note of and added this. CCA Florida has started the Adopt a Redfish program. A CCA Florida restocking program, Adopt a Redfish, a real solution, they say. And of course, in the cheeky way that people will do, they spelled real, R-E-E-L. Coastal Conservation Association's Florida continues to address Florida's declining redfish stocks with a new Adopt a Redfish program. This program will allow anglers from near and far to be part of the solution and give back to the resource they love. How about go fuck yourself? Um, (laughs) This is uh, not addressing declining redfish stocks in any equitable way. Um, Being involved in habitat restoration, I could get behind. Um, But throwing more fish at the problem is not addressing the problem. It's putting a Band-Aid on it. Um, The program's going to kick off this summer with the release of 300 redfish, ranging from 15 inches to 25 inches in size. We will know where the stalker redfish are. They're all going to be tagged. And they're going to be tagged. So if you come across a tagged redfish... Shoot it. Fucking spike it like a football... Get it out of the fucking water, and then call the phone number on each side of the tag and tell them, hey, I just caught one of your stalker redfish, fuck off, and then just (laughs) hang up. Um, If you really want to, though, um, they will send you uh, something for for catching their shitbird fish. Um, Oh, they're encouraging you to... uh, get your picture taken and uh, to post it on social media and to include CCA Florida adopt a redfish measure photo release me how about spike me kill me release me in greasy um, that would be more appropriate you know this reminds me and I actually think it's probably cheaper to go ahead and buy that one by one square foot plot of land in Scotland yes so you can become a lord yes or you can buy that that star it's the same thing so at the end of this uh, post it says that uh, that special thanks to mudhole custom tackle okay. You're on my list of where not to buy anything from. Uh, Captain Jamie Glasner, uh, Captain Jim Ross, and Captain Troy Perez, and Captain Alex Huey. I don't know anything about Captain Alex. Um, I do know Captain Troy Perez, Jim Ross. Um, I know of Jamie Glasner, but what I wanted to touch on with uh, Jim Ross and Troy Perez especially Troy Perez if he hadn't killed as many redfish in the the couple of decades that he's been guiding maybe we wouldn't need to stock redfish oh so the the hundred dollar donations are to buy back one of his dead redfish that went to the freezer of death. yeah yeah exactly Got it. the ziplock of tippage yes 
um, you know, he, he's definitely one from the school of. Listen, if, if you if, ain't filling a gallon bag, I don't want it. That's right. If you if if I can't bring you back to, uh, you know, the ramp and uh, slice and dice this here redfish with a couple of sea trouts and uh, send you back to your condo with some uh, fresh meat, then uh, I'm probably not going to get a good tip. But if I can fill that gallon bag full of some big, tasty, worm-ridden fillets, I'm going to get a big tip. And then down the road, when we run out of redfish, we'll just stock them for you. Um, Fucking idiots. I do know Alex Huey. Okay. Uh, Titusville. Uh-huh. Local. Yeah. Um, is he a keeper of redfish? See, that's... Like, I, I don't know, know whether that, he is I don't or not. know that he keeps them. Okay. He might have. I know he bumps them. He's real big into bumping redfish. Oh, okay. Oh, tournament um, guy, huh? I don't know. See, well, best I do know he fishes the RCI tournament. Shocker. But is he the, a tower boat, too? No, it's... I don't know what he's got, but it's like a kind of like a Key West-type deal. Shocker. Um, well, that's the only way you can get that skin. But he, he bumps them, and then one time I was pulling up to the ramp, and he was putting his boat on a trailer, and he had the motor trimmed up, and I guess he's got so much... He's got to like keep it pinned to keep it on the trailer until he hooks it. He's at the boat ramp at Titusville, shooting a fifteen-foot rooster tail behind his boat while he gets out, walks over there, clips it in, gets back, turns his boat off, soaking people on the dock. Nice. Um, well, that's all I have to say about that. Was years ago though. The old CCA. Okay, so. I think this is yours, right? <laughs> yes, we have another uh, interesting sighting. I'm going to try to make this a continual thing. The mi- okay. Is this the micro skiff? Yeah, this yeah. is this is the week's sighting and and keeping you all informed on what's going on in the micro okay. region. Okay. Uh, there were some folks that were obviously uneducated in right. the origins of East Cape. Clearly, because they were taken aback. Did I just see East Cape's name on the side of a canoe? Well, since ECC was East Cape Canoes. Oh, somebody educated them. Okay. But then it turned into, uh, well, they're endorsing Flip. And uh, who would you rather have, Flip or Erica Lynn, the poster child for For South Aid Skiffs? You know, I actually, until you posted this... You didn't know who that was? I didn't know who she was. Well, that's because you're not on here drooling over well, and then, naked pictures of her. But then here's what's funny is, you know, the way that they spy on you on these damn phones. Um, how does my tinfoil hat look? Does it look okay? It looks um, shiny. I started getting ads for her um, selling a chance to win her skiff. And I... In and of itself, whatever. She's selling tickets for whatever cause. I don't even know what the cause was. But I thought it was so fucking bizarre. Because her little thing, she's like, if you know who I am, then you know. And it's like, I don't. A, I don't know who you are. She's B, I don't want your shitty skiff. So C, I'm moving right along here. But then I realized who it was when I was reading that. I was like, wait a second. That's who this is. She's real big in the tits and ass fishing community. (laughs) And one of the 
is, I don't want to say she got in hot water, but when she first got her boat, she was like, you know, doing the promo photos, pumping it up, we're using it, and she kept pulling with the motor trim down. I was yeah. the one that, I, yeah. yeah, I made, I was like, wait a second, let's dissect this photo. Right. The motor's down, all that, yeah. She, she clearly, clearly in over her head. Um, but I just wanted to, to point that out as uh, mm-hmm. this weekly, guess what I saw on the micro dick site. Right. Well, so here's, here's another thing that's embedded in all that. And uh, high five, Ben and I uh, reported on this uh, months ago that uh, flip, you know, with in the, yes. you know, yeah. skiff news network, oh, we yeah. did a report. Uh, we verified through, uh, Kevin, that you know this was coming, and uh, I would have never guessed that it was going to be like you know rolling out flips association with East Cape would be around the canoe, but uh, that's cool, that's cool, whatever. Yeah. But I hope everybody also understands that this also validates what we've alluded to, or if we haven't just come right out and say it, I will now. It's all about the money. Flip is all about the checks, people. Um, If you notice, and I think on the um, microdick.com thread, somebody even said, uh, hold on, wait a second. Is this a canoe post or is it uh, a rum post? Um, You know, and oh, he traded him a bottle of signed frigate reserve for his canoe. Okay, is that what happened? Yeah. Okay. So, but but again, you know, the only thing that changed was you. The check stopped coming from um, Hell's Bay, so it's no longer a Hell's Bay involved in his marketing effort. Now it's a check from East Cape, so now he's got an East Cape canoe. But what remained the same is. In his in Flip's orbit is the rum. Yeah, that's the constant. Yeti. Yeti. Yeah, and I think those were the only two things, and probably whatever clothing he was wearing. Maybe is he a duck camp guy or is he a fish hippie guy? A fish hippie guy. Yep. So, and I didn't even look at hashtags or anything because the only place I saw it because I personally don't follow Flip anymore because I know what a sellout he is. Yeah. Um. I saw it on Kevin's on uh, yep. on Eastgate. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, you know, again, it just proves our point even further that it's it's not really anything you can hang your hat on if Flip likes it. It just means that the check cleared the bank. That's it. Is it checks or boats? Either or, either or, a combination thereof. Yeah, an exchange of consideration, an exchange for consideration. Got it. Um, So, but maybe I'm maybe I'm being too harsh. I don't know. Um, Well, listen, I like the drift. So we'll see if I think somebody said in here they're coming out with a new uh, the drift. Well, Kevin Kevin messaged me and said that drift 3.0. Because you know when they when yeah, we originally sure. reported on the drift, yeah, that was it was yeah. Um, they've gone through a couple of iterations, and they're really close to having the third version out. And uh, Captain Denny is going to have it up, and hopefully this summer we'll uh, we'll actually do a little trip with him uh, up there rowing. Um, now, 
the next thing I added here was this uh, from Montana backcountry and hunter mm-hmm. hunters and anglers uh, BHA. Did you guys see this? Um, the this is a bill that actually was signed by the governor into law this past Thursday, um, and I saw it and I thought, man, bring this shit to Florida. Um, uh, yeah. Which is really fucking weird for me to be in uh, the position of saying I want more government because uh, it's antithetical of of who I am at my core. But you know, when it comes to God, I'm going to use another Democrat uh, talking point here. Everyone should pay their fair share. Um, and until I saw this post, I didn't really realize that this was the case. But as soon as I saw it, it was so common sense that I was like, you know what? This transcends party lines. This is like a common sense solution that should should happen in every state. Um, they say this bill seeks to address the imbalance of river recreationalists, which aren't paying their share versus those who are, meaning anglers. By requiring others to pay the same $8 fee for a conservation license that anglers are already required to purchase, this will prescribe more accurate value to our state-owned lands uh, while also bolstering the budgets for increased maintenance, needs, compliance, enforcement, and more. And it says, you know... uh, Within it, you know, recreational paddlers, hikers, bird watchers, everybody would have to buy that little eight dollar permit. Yeah. And I thought to myself, wait a second, we're always being told, um, you know, FWC, you never see FWC in the lagoon, there's no enforcement in the lagoon. Um, but I guarantee you, if you asked somebody, up at the boat ramp, hey man, what do you think about after? God Almighty, they're all over the place up here at Disappearing Island. I saw them pulling people over left and right. Well, it's they, bu- they are up at that the the ramp on the North Causeway all the time. Yeah, I think every time I've been there, I've seen a couple of them doing safety inspections. Right, and but and and the amount of boat traffic there is tenfold. Right, even at River Breeze or one of the other public ramps in but, the lagoon. So, which which kind of proves the point of they are up there. They're funded primarily through like hunting licenses and fishing licenses and all. But they spend their time policing people that aren't really paying for that service. They're just out boating. Um, so if all of the boats that you see that are being launched, if everybody was paying that little $8 fee, think of the amount of revenue that could be generated and maybe the number of extra officers that could be on the water so that we would have officers all the way up and down the entire system so that we could actually have real um, resource enforcement mm-hmm. and boating enforcement and you know it it just it makes sense to me it's like why are certain classes of recreational boaters versus anglers anglers have to pay you know boaters don't um kayakers go for free anglers pay um 
it's just a fundamental fairness thing. And I, I, I'm looking at it thinking, wow, you know, I might write a letter to my freaking state legislator and say, hey, investigate this bill that was just passed in Montana and let's do something similar here so that FWC can actually start doing the job that you guys have delegated to them yeah. because they always talk about the lack of funding. Well, let's have the people that are using those resources start funding the res- the resource management. Right. Don't just put it on hunters and fishermen. Right. right. You know? Yeah. I mean, and don't get me wrong, I'm happy to pay the fee. Yeah, yeah you know, exactly. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I pay, I, I always buy the, the gold sportsman. Yeah. Because um, I don't want to have to think about, do, am, I, do I have this? Do, do I have, I have this yeah. or do I have the, I just want to be able to go, if I fucking get invited to go to do whatever, I want to be like ready to go. Yeah. yeah. It's a hundred bucks. Right. You know, come on. Like, I mean, what, 30 cents a day. Yeah. Yeah. So double that shit and I'd still buy it. Um, but I am always mad when I have to pay like really high out of state licensing. That fees. one dude it, sucks. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, what, what I don't understand. And that's one thing we don't do. Right. Our, our out of state fees are like nothing. Right. Just because we want people to come down here. Yeah. The- but like, I think for Tennessee, I think it's like forty-seven for three days or ninety-seven for the whole year. Yeah, I think North Carolina is something like that. Something similar. Might be thirty. Well, my my beef with Tennessee extends well beyond the the price of it in into the. I pay property taxes and own property in Tennessee. Like, let me pay the resident and they're like but you don't live here motherfucker i pay taxes here right you know so i don't know um tax haven down there florida yeah probably (laughs) um actually tennessee and florida both have very similar tax structures as in no state income tax you're not one of those midwesterners using us for our loopholes nope that's like you remember well i don't know if you so anyway um, I think that that uh, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, somebody was thinking outside the box, and I'm glad to see that uh, Montana is leading the way with uh, wh- what do we call it? Leveling the playing field. There we go. There we go. I mean, even if you put it as a additional fee on top of like your boat registration, even something like that, right? Granted, we're leaving out the kayakers and the paddleboarders. They need to be included. I agree. For sure. The amount of money that was Just because they're a fucking scourge. They're a nuisance. You know, plastic hatch. So, um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I've been seeing a lot of static about... You know, pollution in the lagoon lately. Yes, I have. Concern over exotic chemicals leaching into the lagoon um, and things like that. And uh, a lot of opinions going. A lot of opinion, and and I when I saw it, I was like, oh, God, 
as much as I want to look at that and go, yeah, you know, that's that's an equitable thing to be, you know, upset or excited about. I really fucking saw it for what it was, which is kind of a red herring, um, because the amount of uh, stainless steel, which is which was the the item that was like there was uh, a little bit of outrage that you know there's stainless steel being introduced and it's going to lead to exotic heavy metals and you know in our fish and in the water column blah 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 chinesium <laughs> chinesium uh chinesium 12 um i started I, I went down a rabbit hole off i went but not on youtube uh just on the googler um i thought to myself i was like wait a second if I'm camping and I have a campfire going and maybe somebody brought like, you know, from time to time, uh, you might have some scrap wood from a construction project, mm-hmm. you know, parts of some two by fours or whatever. What better thing? Throw them in the fucking campfire, right? They stack well, you know, they transport easily, but do not. Don't do it. Not you or you. Mm-hmm. Throw that piece of PT in there. Yeah. We'll all die of arsenic poisoning and other things in that fucking smoke. Um, we're going to burn a hole in the fucking ozone layer right above our campsite. Like, that shit is toxic. Yeah. It also won't burn. Yeah, because it's kind of wet, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's going to smolder, yeah. which is going to fill your lungs with even more poisonous smoke. So I started thinking, wait a second. If we're concerned... Are supposed to be concerned about a couple of stainless steel fasteners being used. Shouldn't we be equally, or if more so, alarmed at the number of new docks that are going in that are using pressure treated pilings that are coming in contact with the water and certainly have to be leaching? All manners of shit. The only reason they're using the PT stuff is it's so toxic that things won't attach to it. Yep. Right? You don't don't have to have the plastic shield to keep the barnacles off your piling. Right. So, I look, and lo and behold, there are actually states that have policies. Sound stewardship of state-owned aquatic lands. DNR's guidance on the use of treated wood. You know what their guidance is? Don't use it. You can't use it. Only uh, like you have to prove three ways to Tuesday. Uh, uh, you know, hardship or something. You know, like to be able to do it. Otherwise, you have to use materials like concrete or steel. Um. Which lasts longer anyway. Um, so I just thought that was neat that, uh, you know, with like a very, very minimal amount of investigation that there are other things going on that I'm not saying, and I'm not advocating that, hey, oh my gosh, we got to shut down dock building. But it is kind of interesting that by volume, I'll guarantee you there's more of that going in. And yeah. For sure. And all these docks are using stainless steel hardware, too. So it's like the double whammy. Yeah. So I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be upset about at this point. Like, 
I guess I'm getting just tired of being upset about stuff. Yeah, it's upsetting to be that upset. Yeah. I just think we should have nothing in or on or near or around the water. You know? Yeah. Like, just... just. I think we should just all stop using it. Block it off. Yeah. Just look at it. Yeah, no one's allowed. Uh, it's a simple solution. You yeah. Can't, you can't trust anything anymore. You know, we'll just take it away. That's right. And and you know what the the real fucking sinister part of that is? There's actually groups out there that love to see that kind of oh, yeah. language thrown around because they'll use it to shut it down. They'll be like, as so and so said, <laughs> and next thing you're like, wait, hold on, hold on. We were just trying to improve it so that we had a better time while we were using it. No, 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 no. You made such a good point. Nobody's using it anymore. Uh-huh. And you're like, wait, what? Hold on. I just want to put it out there. If anybody uses my words without consent, out of context, for a point in a political scheme, I'm coming after you. That's right. <laughs> um, so anyway, whoo, that was, uh, uh, you know, let's, let's stop trying to find the problems and start trying to find the solutions. And the solution is get out there, have a good time. Mitigate your footprint as best you can, and yeah, you know what is it they call it? Um, leave no trace, you know, as best you can. That's right. Um, if you have questions about stuff, leave it better than you found it. Ask questions, yeah. to, you know, of the experts. Yeah, uh, you know, and more than anything, if you think that there is a government agency or a nonprofit or a university doing something nefarious or counter to what you believe are his best practices. Or without guidance, maybe throwing things on spaghetti on the wall to see if it sticks. Then go to those organizations and ask them what's going on. Because asking a podcast about it is not going to get you answers because we don't fucking know either. And we're just here for a good time. So um, you do your own heavy lifting. If you have questions, go to the right place and ask the questions and you'll probably get answers that hopefully will satisfy your curiosity. Hopefully. Um, Speaking of a good time, stay out of my DMS. Damn it. (laughs) <laughs> I got the chance to go out on the water recently. Oh, yes. Tell us. Do tell. I did. I got to go with our favorite WWE superstar. Nice. Mr. Smallback. All right. We went out on what appeared to be, from the wind forecast, the best-looking day that I've seen on a Saturday. Off the year. fucking top rope, baby. Well, <laughs> I will tell you, Weatherman got it wrong. Uh-oh. It's a little breezier than expected. Uh-huh. Other than that, it wasn't bad. Was fucking, it like a Cuban thirty? It was like a fucking suplex. It wasn't quite a Cuban thirty, but okay. it was it was breezy, as they say. Uh, Ted McBreezy. <laughs> I mean, I don't have it in KPH, but it might have been up there. Okay. Um. So anyway, we uh, we launched out of. 
haul over again. What do you guys do that to yourself for? You have to fucking idle through there. and It takes a day. It takes a day to get out. And I like dude, looking at the manatees. There you. is no fucking so hot your balls stick to your legs place on the planet than fucking haul over canal. It is a Dude, melter. you roll it, through there and look at the mouth breathers on your IQ drops. <laughs> I love it. All the bait slingers yeah. on, the, on the fucking... Check out this fish. So here's here's the thing. Hunter and I's relationship is very close Mm -hmm. And he's a little uh, eccentric Likes to be a little bit more flamboyant So he loves to pretend that we're like a gay couple Oh god Oh Some of the looks we get from some folks that are ducking bait I can see it With the music blasting Um, But yeah We we got out and actually found some decently clear water Uh huh Actually found some grass, but it was hard because, I mean, everywhere you looked, there was a boat or a kayak, more often than not, on the other side of the lagoon, seven miles from any boat ramp. It was, it was, they spawned out of nowhere. The go-getters. I... You know, and it was like some kind of fucking portal. Yeah, they're just like fucking regenerating. They're like zombies, and they—the best part is—is is like they—they they think they get right of way. Right, isn't that the weirdest fucking thing? The bicycles of the river. You know, and look—if I roll up on you and I'm on plane running in, and I see you there, I'm gonna go to the next spot. I might go, you know, a couple hundred yards down. And get up and start pulling, or I might, you know, go to a totally different spot. We ran into a couple of them where there wasn't another option. We had to go a couple yards down, and boy, they got on their horse to find to get to their honey hole or whatever. And man, they were most of them weren't doing the, you know, the the they were doing shoulder the, the pedal. They were doing the pedal, and in fact, one of them had an outboard on it. Oh yeah, yeah, they've gotten With pretty little flag and shit. It was like man. I'm sorry, I just don't get it. If you're going to spend that much money... Get a boat. Because the, they're like five or six grand if you get one that has those motors on it. I mean, it's stupid. Is money. it like an internal combustion engine? No, there's this electric. One, this one it, did, but there are a lot of them are electric. A lot of them, they drop down, but the, the motor sits so deep, you can't. You lose all the benefits of whatever shallow water you're trying to achieve in the kayak anyways. Wow. Well, on the portability piece of it, they're, you know, instead of... 50 pounds like a kayak normally is it's 200 pounds yeah. now right so anywho uh we were able to find a fish i stuck a fish um early in the morning pretty red on a super long cast that he attacked so um it was good it was a good day nice i seem to have missed that photo on on social media well not every trip requires a photo uh, okay well, there is a photo but i didn't post it okay because you know. who the fuck cares? Right? right? I, I didn't want to spot burn the shoreline that we were on, you know? I know how. Uh, just blur it out. I'm still working on my blurring skills. Yeah, just blur it out. Um, we cleaned up. We did our fair share. We Did uh, you? We caught a Mother's Day balloon. Nice. It was, yeah. So, so yeah. That dirty hoe let it go? Yeah, that's right, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't fuck. know why. I don't know what the big deal of letting the balloon go on Mother's Day is, but. Yeah. It ended in the lagoon, so. Well, good on you for cleaning up. Always. Um, it's all about karma, man. That's right. 
Carmen Gias. Let's see if I have anything that I screen captured but forgot to put on the notes. I think we're drawing. Oh, actually, survey says actually, um, I would like to, uh, make sure and remind everyone, um, that, uh, there are a couple of new hat styles on, uh, the website. One that's probably way overdue is, uh, an embroidered, uh, trucker hat with the Flyberry logo on it. So if you're a supporter and dig the Flyberry and would like a Flyberry hat, it's got that kind of 70s look, uh, logo of the Flyberry. It's on there. Um, and then, uh, the old foam trucker, mm-hmm. uh, meth lab trucker is, uh, is up on there. Um, I got one of the samples in, it's pretty, pretty fucking tight. And, uh, where's, where's the, where's the fly box? What do we got? What do we got here? So we've got the fly South fly box and, uh, so far, um, You've got if you've bought tickets on this one um, so far. I think we've sold um, fifteen tickets. Okay, which uh, is pretty low. So uh, I like those odds. Yeah, there's some pretty good odds going. So just so to help me, you know, recollect, um, we have flies from Mangina that I contributed. Um, we got the flies from Pirate Fly Co. Yep. Right. Um, flies from Shadowline. F- flies from Shadowline, and then from uh, my name is Jay. My name is Jay. So that's what we've got in there right now. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. We've got a a dozen, dozen flies in there. Dozen. And I see enough room for probably another three to go in there comfortably. So I'm going to go over to before this is before it's done. Um, it's going to be I'm going to round it out to 15. And I'm going to go over to the tying table Larry's private stash ladies and gentlemen and uh, root through my collection of flies and finish filling out the box so don't forget this is just a way to help keep the show afloat Uh, $2 a piece uh, for tickets it goes towards uh, making sure Jameson has cold beer on a podcast night or we have chicken wings for dinner like we did tonight from Publix it's just a little bit of a little bit of scratch for us it's uh, a way for you to support the show and a way to get a a cool fly box from one of the fly shops that we happen to like you know in our travels we'll pick up a fly box and uh, curate the flies for you 
and the end of the month is just around the corner, and that's when we're going to uh, pull the ticket and announce the winner, and we are going to, the next one that we do um, is going to be a trout box. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So uh, we will be sourcing only the finest flies. And I'm thinking of... Uh, all squirmy wormies. All squirmy wormies. And eggs. And eggs. Um, but no, we'll, we'll get some good uh, trout patterns uh, in the box. We don't even know. I, we haven't even selected what fly shop we're getting the box from we yet. We have one. Do we? Yeah. Oh, shit. Who do we have it from? Travis Luther gave us a... Oh! It's got a redfish painted on it. Nice! That's Perfect right. for trout. Yes. Well, you know, <laughs> I, it's been funny. So, so far, we've done the fly box and fly south, which are... Trout. Yeah. Trout-oriented <laughs> shops full of salt, salty snacks. Yep. There's another There's another selection of snacks. There we go. You know, uh, you got cold snacks, you got, uh, you know, fish snacks... You got boat snacks. Um, so anyway, um, T2F2 events on Venmo, two bucks a piece. And uh, right now, uh, there's a one in fifteen shot that you would win that box. So if you want to throw a few bucks into the till, uh, feel free, and we'll draw that and announce the winner, just like we did the last time. Throw in a bunch of stickers with it and uh, send it your way. Um, I know there was something on the notes that we kind of missed, Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Glossed over. Glossed over. That's a good... Hold on. If I hit done, there we go. Um, let me scroll back up. So, uh, this is just, just a ha-ha funny observation that Ben and I had. Whilst tooling around in uh, the Clyde, um, you know, we're going to go ahead and call him out. Uh, One of our dear listeners. Dear friends. Dear friends. um, We've broken bread with him many times. Yes. um, Up in South Carolina, which means Jameson hasn't. Right. Um, One day. Pearsall, a.k.a. Pip Pip the Flip. The Flip. Um, Sir, I I have to tell you, um, having watched your recent um, trips down here to Florida where you drive right past our exit... um, you don't stop and say hi on the way past you don't going even down. Give the middle finger on your way down the highway. Yeah, like like typically, like if I'm going through South Carolina um, and maybe not going to um, Charleston, I still typically will like text a few people like the sign, the exit, like "Hey, motherfuckers, yeah. I'm passing through." Just just a howdy, you know. Yep. Hey, um, how are you? But uh, I've noticed that Pip kind of is getting this uh, thing where he's going down and hanging out with Mr. Pallet. 
He's got he's got other friends. He's uh, going down to the Keys and fishing with uh, friends of Mister Pallets. Mm-hmm. Um, drinking expensive drinks and staying at like resorty resorts. And I'm thinking Pip the Flip might not be the right handle for uh, Instagram any longer. Mm. I think that we may need to see, or I'm, I'm at least offering up the idea that Pearsall might want to change his username to Big Bougie. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that, uh, you know, he's like just a couple of fucking adventures away from being a guest on Millhouse. He's oh. getting up there. He is. He's getting pretty hoity-toity. <laughs> so, uh, Pip, if you hear this, which you, I'm, I'm hoping that you do. Um, He'll hear it before we post the podcast. That's he's, right. He's got ways. So, um, all right. Anything else anybody uh, can um, think of that we need to pass along? Not house Talk about? I entered a raffle recently. Oh, I do uh, like a raffle. It was a cool idea. There was acquaintance I knew from Poonfecta, Jake Scott. Win? We're getting there. Who was a smaller Nautilus reel, like a 3.4, maybe up to a 5.8. Right. Perfect for Poonfecta size. Well, he was going to sell it, and not a lot of interest. So he said, who would be interested, instead of 300 bucks for reel, I'll sell 10 raffle tickets for 30 bucks." I was like... I spent 30 bucks on stupider shit. So I entered. Wouldn't you know it, some whiny little bitch on the Facebook page is like, raffles are illegal in the state of Florida. It's considered gambling. Unless you're a non-profit, you can't do that. And they shut the whole fucking thing down. Six of us had signed up. We were waiting on the last four people. It had been up for like two hours. And some whiny little person. Raffles are. It's considered I, a game of chance. I can tell and you. And apparently, Florida doesn't let you decide if you can take that risk. Whoever that whiny little bitch is isn't in some of the duck hunting groups that I'm in because they do raffles all on the time, a daily basis. Nobody cares. Wow. So I did not get that real. But, but and it, what was the motivation of them money? doing that? Like, did they want the real and they were mad because they couldn't buy it? No, I, I don't know. I think. It was an inside play. You just wanted the cash. It was just someone being stupid. Facebook moderator deal. Yeah. Someone too much power went to their head over something so little. <laughs> I, I excuse me, sir. I'm a moderator. I am a Facebook moderator. I'm also a Yelper. Okay, I'll take your <laughs> finest table, sir. But there were a couple of us who were like, you know what? It's not a real. I would pay full price for. And that's actually how he tried to argue it. He's like, no, because it, he goes, it is for nonprofit because I've paid 400 for the reel. I'm not, I'm selling it for three. So I'm not making any money off this deal. This is just fun. And they're like, There's, nope. There is no profit. So they reported it to Facebook and Facebook took it down? No, the moderators took it down. They should have, they should have done it on a weekend. Because if they would have done it on a weekend, the moderators would have been in class to get their captain's license and never seen it. Exactly. Um, so, <laughs> what happens? Somebody's got to keep the Bass Pro lights on. That's right. 100%. Well, damn, son. That's, uh, you know, why do people fucking, like... I know. 
concentrate on stealing everybody else's fucking joy. I know, because all of us are like, I'll take that risk. Like, 30 bucks. Yeah, Mike, I'd, have, I'd have thrown in on that way. Yeah, it was a three late, like, real. I was going to put it, I was going to just, I was like, well, I'm going to get a real a rod at some point this summer when we go to Tennessee and leave it up at the house. And I was like, I'll throw that reel on it if I win it. You know, but it's just so fucking like. How many times do you see, you know, on Instagram where it's like, tag two of your friends, yeah. make sure you're following forty-seven different accounts, right. and hashtag meat mating, and <laughs> you're going to have a chance to get a side picture from Jessica, you know, the skiff hoe. And win a chance at going on a ride on her boat, and that's legal. Get a can, right? Can fart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fart in a jar. Oh God. So I, I don't yeah. know. I mean, you know what's so. funny on all those things? I never, never know who wins those. No, yeah. no. They just it it comes up and then it kind of just fizzles away. fizzles away. Yep. Woo. Well, glad the board's still intact. We well. <sighs> let's see. Um, we're doing good. We're doing well. Um, mm-hmm. We basically got two weeks between podcasts. Now we're kind of back on a semi-regular yeah. basis. We're going back to the bi-weekly. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna. I think well, we're at two and a half hours right now. So that's that's like kind of the sweet spot, right? I say let's end it. We've been doing Rogan style four hours. Yeah, we put in some kickers though with no breaks. I was really proud of us. (laughs) They were good. Um. All right. Well. uh, I can't think of anything else. I'm out of topics. Yeah, I'm out of topics too. other than to say, um, enjoyed spending the evening with you fellas. Mm-hmm. Um, some good vittles, some good conversation, and uh, let's do it again in a couple of weeks. Oh, Jameson, is that the same uh, watch, or have we collected it's a, it's another timepiece? New one to the collection. Nice. All right. Well, uh, hey, thanks for joining us here at the Old Oak Table down here in uh, the Taylor Park for episode 92 of Taylor Trash Fly Fishing. We appreciate the support and uh, we hope to see you on the water or at the old water and hole or on the next episode. See ya. You don't pull a mask off that old long ranger and you don't mess around with Jim by doing good at night.
got it to these custom-made fools. 